almost told me what? that I was right out of my head the way he described it. How? He said I'd be better dead than live. I didn't listen to his jive. I knew all along he was all wrong and I knew that he thought what? I was crazy but I'm not. Oh no. Oh no. My analyst told me what? that I was right out of my head. He said I need treatment, yeah. but I'm not that easily led. He said I was the type that was most inclined, went out of his sight to be out of my mind. And he thought I was nuts. nuts. No more ifs or ands or buts. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. They say as a child I appeared a little bit wild with all my crazy ideas, but I knew what's happening. I knew I was a genius. What's so strange when you know that you're a wizard at three? I knew that this was meant to be. But I heard little children were supposed to sleep tight. That's why I lay with the vodka one night. My parents got frantic, didn't know what to do. But I saw some crazy scenes before I came to. Now, do you think I was crazy? I may have been only three, but I was swinging. They all have today, Graham Bell. They all have today, Sorry if they just couldn't understand the reason and the logic that went on in my head. I had a friend, it was a thing, though, which was not me when I refused to ride on all the double-decker buses, all because there was no driver on the top. All right, welcome back to another meeting at the Order of the Straight Arrow. You have myself, Troop Scout leader Dustin Lays with Beave Wall, next to me in the clubhouse today. I am... Denim Smoking Dart, otherwise known as the Historian. And uh, I'm glad your name is true again. You're back on the darts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's also true. Last few times I was on your darts. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, the third member of the clubhouse is me. You have myself. I'm Miles, a.k.a. Chief. Runs with bins. And as is tradition with each new Straight Arrow meeting, we must begin with our Straight Arrow Oath. So for those of you in scout uniform, three-finger salute, those listening at home in civilian clothes, hand over your heart and repeat after the historian. A straight arrow tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow knows what you said to Mr. Mangione. And a straight arrow is always against Bill H.R. 57, which would allow the importation of South American propane. Can I get a round table, wee matanya? We Matanya! Oh, no. Ooh, I'm so thirsty. You guys wouldn't let me drink until now. My pop top broke in half. Oh, no. Oh, there we go. There's a bit of a mishap. I, I popped a little early as well. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. Um, Denim, what are you pouring into your glass very slowly right now? <laughs> this is a... You gotta pour it slowly. Yeah. This is a, this is a, well, this is a Guinness. It's from one of our uh, home, homelands. Oh, look how foamy that is. Look at it go. It's descending. It is. It's yeah. You got to let it sit. Mm. You can hear that widget whistle yeah. around in the can. Yeah, that might be what you heard. Miles, mm-hmm. uh, you look like you got something fancy today. I really had to class it up, sorry, after the Bud Lights. I really <laughs> yeah, had to class it up. I can see that. You went way off the spectrum. Um, I've got a new member in the clubhouse. It's by Hoyne Brewing, which is a familiar brewery to us. It's just down the road an hour or so in Victoria. This is a new beer that I just discovered that they made, and it's a Kolsch, which is a classic German beer. It's very uh, mellow flavored. I'd say it's high on like the malty side because like it's super light looking, like you like almost like like a Bud Light or a Budweiser, but it does a very nice mellow uh, hoppy taste. I, to it. I I quite enjoyed the one you gave me earlier, but I thought it was 
Beer Garden. I didn't know. I didn't realize it was Hoyne. Hoyne is really good. Yeah. So yeah, Beer Garden is the name of it, spelled B I E R G A R T E N. But it is a uh, traditional Kolsch, which I'm drinking improperly because it's supposed to be drank in a very slender, like uh, flute type mm. glass. And you got it out of a regular 355 mil can. That's right. And you have something very topical. Let's yes. tell, tell us about it. Yes, I do. So, so it dark. Uh, so actually, funny story. I went to the special <laughs> liquor store uh, to find Bex in a can. And unfortunately, Bex is not available to me in a can. So I had to go for the Heineken. A mm. uh, very familiar flavor to a lot of people. And uh, fun fact, the very first time I ever had Heineken was when we had a, uh, a small party. You know, this is years ago when that was allowed. And we had the tip of the spear over. And he had some Heineken stashed in the fridge. He's known to do that. And so now every time I drink one of these, I think of like, oh, this is this is his go-to. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't choose it, but it's uh, it's got its own flavor. It's a very solid fallback for me. Like when there's nothing else that like I find on the menu that really looks that appetizing, I know I, what I'm getting when I get a Heineken. And I, it's always pretty good. I agree. And, and I will say that I always find that it looks like it's going to taste better than it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fine beer. I drink it whenever uh, corn is all offering some beers for free, which isn't often. And uh, and I'm going to have one probably here in a bit from you, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and, I, I see uh, that happen. The only time I've ever actually bought a case of Heineken is when it had James Bond on it. Mm. And I mean, mm-hmm. people like to bitch about that time that James Bond drank a Heineken because of the ad, but uh, fucking they got my 26 bucks, Canadian, <laughs> plus you deposit. Went, you went for a full 12-pack? Well, that was, yeah, the, yeah, that was, the, like, the bottle had James Bond on uh, it, and yes, you yeah. had to buy the... A summer and a half ago in 2019 when I went to Edinburgh to visit the brewery that my ancestors started like 150-something years ago, and now it's been bought and sold a million I think it was times. exactly 150 years when you went, At that right? point, it was yeah. 150 years <laughs> It was the birthday, ago. wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, but then it was owned by Heineken. You, nobody here knows, or none of our listeners are aware that you're royalty. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was, that was a, like a, a, was a slight brag. If you're the, if, yeah, humble brag. If you're the beer master in Scotland, I think you're king. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish I got like an apprenticeship when I was there. But it, yeah, formerly called Lormer's Brewery, currently Caledonia Brewery. It's still there in Edinburgh. It's great. It's owned by Heineken, and they like... Paid for the whole day. Oh, it's owned by Heineken now. Yeah, crazy. And uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, that's it was too a, awesome. It was, a, it was a good day. That's uh, that's phenomenal. Um, but to move our meeting along to the next segment, we must get into listener feedback. Oh now. yeah, this is a good one. See, we only just dropped the episode today, an we, hour ago. Yeah, which <laughs> is, I think, the new strategy because it doesn't give you enough time to actually give us any negative feedback. Yeah, it's all excited. It's only the people who are excited <laughs> to listen. Yeah, exactly. So shouts out. Shouts out to everyone. <laughs> We have a very special shout out today. Our uh, annual hosting dues were do- were due, and we paid up. And then we had a look at our uh, our, our, our t shirt kitty. And yeah, our, <laughs> our our merch fund and big round of applause to all of yes. everybody Thank who supported you. us. We we made an extra nine dollars <laughs> over <laughs> our hosting hosting fees. fees, and that's all we need. That nine dollars is profit. Yeah, profit going straight into the beer fund. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, like what you guys are saying, it's very true. We had some of our, uh, or maybe our more diehard, you know, listeners, like super quick to comment, which we always love. And I made the social media post because I was like, the boys, we, we, we want to see this before we step behind the mic. You know, we need to, you know, feel the love. And we boost. did today. And <laughs> lots of familiar faces. Our friend Holly, she commented a nice gif of Bobby there. Uh, that's always nice. Looking to at see. A, a pizza pie there. I, I think my favorite though was uh, Dirty Delanes. 
or Dirty Dylan. <laughs> Soccer sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Preach to that, brother. It was, yeah, that was clear and concise. Um, this isn't necessary listener feedback, but I feel like I might get some feedback on it, so I'm just going to get it out there now. The last episode, I forgot to look up Sour Coach Sour's car, and for this episode, <laughs> I was on the IMCDB. Um, apparently, the gearheads don't care about any of Khan's new imports. <laughs> no, I was gonna, I was yeah. gonna ask. So none of them are on there. But um, Sour Coach Sour's uh, convertible that he was tearing up the old football oh, field nice. with. Okay, we got some closure on this. Is believed to be a 1972 Chevy Chevelle Malibu. Mm, yeah, I'd, I'd buy that. The boat. There was not much discussion. One dude was like, <laughs> "I think this is what it is," and like. 10 other dudes were like, yeah, that's what it is. My reaction just now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. That's awesome. Well, then we should probably get into the meat and potatoes, the ingredients behind this meal. What are the episode info? Well, this is an episode entitled Deconstructing Henry. This is season three, episode 13. It first aired on February 2nd, 1999. This episode was written by Paul Lieberstein. This is his seventh of 12 total. We all know our good friend Paul. Toby, Toby. Uh, and yeah, Toby. so his previous episodes were Luann's Saga, King of the Ant Hill, How to Fire Your Rifle Without Really Trying, The Unbearable Blindness of Laying, I Remember Mono, and Pretty Pretty Dresses. This is directed by, this is just a heavy hit in episode, because this one's directed by the man himself, Clay Hall. Yeah. He directed our namesakes episode. That was his first one. Uh, this is his sixth of seven episodes as director. Because after, he goes on to become the ser- series supervising director. Because mm. I, I recall that we've kind of seen a few people reach the end of their run yeah. lately. Yeah, we're getting to that point. I believe this is the end of his, like, or not this isn't. He has one more. But then he, he's still on the show. I just don't mm-hmm. think he gets full director. Like, you know how uh, Wes Archer... Like, he only directed the couple first ones, but he still worked on it the entire right, time. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, Door to the Straight Arrow, Arrowhead, The Company Man, Traffic Jam, and Good Hill Hunting were his other five previous. Mm-hmm. Um, the synopsis of this episode is, Hank is left to take care of Khan's family after Khan loses his job. Uh, the title, D, cons- D, it's spelt, for those of you who are not reading it right now, D E. K A H N S T R U. D Con Structing Henry. So that's pronounced Con. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and Henry, of course, being short for, or long, long for <laughs> Hank. And uh, yeah, but it's a t- the title's a reference to the 1997 comedy film written and directed by Woody Allen. Which we referenced in the last episode. It, we did, mm-hmm. yes, because uh, it's a science fiction film with Julia Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was what I believed it is. And na- after, because I did, I took it upon myself to actually watch it this time. I nice. know most of the time I don't, but this, I, <laughs> I'm trying to, and I did. I watched a scene. Yeah, the first one? No, I mean, the one where she's trying to, she, she I don't want to spoil it. Is, it's old enough that spoilers are not a thing, right? I mean, I've seen it. Okay, so... It's 24 years old, I think. That's when nice. she finds out that he cheated on her with a patient, and she freaks out, and then, like, a patient comes in. Oh, and, and she he tries starts to tr- crying? Well, yeah, because he, he tries. she tries to treat the patient at the same time of reading yeah. out. She, like, leaves, you, like, three times. Yeah, so like, like, I can yeah. still hear you. Just speak loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you fucking 
fucking bitch! <laughs> the scene ends with the patient just bawling his eyes out. Um, that's not even a spoiler, honestly. Okay. If you've seen one Woody Allen movie, you've seen them all. Um, but it, like, I I like Woody Allen. I'll kind of give a. I have a rundown here for this film. Um, this is his twenty seventh film. The film tells the story of a successful writer named Harry Block, played by Woody Allen, who draws inspiration from people he knows in real life and from events that happen to him, sometimes causing these people to become alienated from him as a result. It is a disjointed tale with constant flashes to Harry's past as told in his books. It kind of gets confusing here because it's not, uh, it's like I say, it's disjointed. Oh, kind of deconstructed in a way? Kind of. Um, it's so it's like tying into this episode, it's he's a horrible person. Like he pushes everybody away from him. He also kind of like in his stories, he writes like secrets of people, kind of like how Hank kind of. But it's of a character. It's not of you. Yeah, but like they all know and like the people in his life know. So like in the story, he's spoilers in the story. He's married to a woman and. He has an affair with her sister. And uh, so the sister is played by uh, sometimes Julia Louis-Dreyfus because the movie is told partially through his stories reenacted on screen. Mm. So it'll be like what different actors and yeah. So yeah. Woody Allen will be going through it. And then when it flashes back to tell the story of like what's going on in Woody Allen's life. It'll be like Robin Williams is playing mm. Woody Allen or Tobey Maguire is oh, playing yeah. Woody Allen or some other people. Like, and like when Robin Williams is playing him, he's just literally out of focus. Like he's just as a character, yeah. he's just blurry. And like it's like a thing. And weird. So like all these weird things happen. It's very disjointed. I could see how Sowers would think this was a science fiction <laughs> deal <laughs> because it's time it's travel. heady and it's and it's all over the place and it's weird and he talks to himself and like – it's a Woody Allen movie. It's I quite enjoyed it actually. Um, yeah, it's but yeah, Julie Louis Dreyfus actually isn't in it very much. Yeah, she just is one of the many actors who plays this one character in different <laughs> stories. And nice, that's a pretty interesting way to tell a story. I like that. So, was there any special effects? <laughs> well, yeah, Robert. <laughs> well, I he actually was blurry. He was blurry, <laughs> and I wondered how they did that. I, because like he was just blurry. Because I heard it has special effects. Yeah, it was a special effect. Well, that's pretty interesting. I mean, like, it, would you recommend it for a watch for our listeners? If the if you have seen at least five other Woody Allen movies and mildly enjoyed them, this sits like right in the middle of those other five I've seen. <laughs> cool. I like Woody Allen movies. I haven't seen all of them. He has. I said this is his twenty seventh because. He has like fifty movies. Dang. The man literally makes a movie every single year. Um, but he's yeah, it's he it's it's fitting for Khan, especially because he's just a detestable little rat who is selfish <laughs> and destructive <laughs> and spiteful and a coward. And there's also a scene where Woody Allen says it's easy to love a child. And that's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, well, thanks for drawing that tie and actually, you know, putting in the work. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. At least one of us is doing that. Mm-hmm. But to me, it sounds like we must move into the actual episode. So we get no cold open, but I will, before we get into this scene, uh, when I was watching at home, 
uh, I had started it on my computer, and like as the title was rolling, I was like, okay, no cold open. I'm going to pause and go get some cheese nips. <laughs> and as I paused it, I paused it on um, – you know how everything's fast forward in the intro? Yeah. I paused it on Luann getting on Buckley's motorcycle, and it kind of just like struck a, a note with me because it's like, you know what? He may be gone, but he lives on in the intro title, and I just wanted to recognize that. Oh, for sure. We always think about our dear friend uh, R.I.P. Buckley. Buckley. And if anybody hasn't seen – the YouTube video that I made, please go watch it. <laughs> yeah, we should plug. That I believe somewhere. it's called an ode to Buckley. It is. It like it like always shows up in my YouTube, uh, like suggested. Yeah, feed. <laughs> and I'm just cru- cruising through, and it's I'm like, like, why? Man, I was a part of that. <laughs> I've <Yeah>. seen it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so watch it again if you haven't seen it. Um, so, but moving on, the first scene. We uh, we get to see the guys in the alley. Classic red cooler having beers. And uh, Dale opens the conversation <laughs> in a very interesting way, <laughs> assuring everybody that he understands temperature. No, temperature. 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 Yes, I do know the temperature. Outside temperature is 98.6. My body temperature is 63 degrees. <laughs> I like how like, the scene was like slightly different as in that it was darker. Yeah. Another one. So like maybe it was like a Friday and they were like actually tying one off. Yeah, I think it's an <laughs> afternoon. Like I think this is like after work time. Mm-hmm. How much how hot is that? Uh so <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so um so the normal body temperature of a regular oh, human, what, sorry, what? The I'm gonna refer to it as temperature. Okay. But some of you may know it as temperature. Is that how they say it in America? I don't think that's how they say it anywhere on <laughs> no, earth. Nowhere, so nowhere. That's why I'm saying the normal body temperature of a regular human being on this planet can range between 97 Fahrenheit and 99 Fahrenheit. What's that? Uh, it's about 36 to 37 Celsius for the rest of the world listening. But what if you have a fever of 103? Then you're not allowed to go to work. <laughs> uh, or you call the doctor. Because, uh, anyways. I think it's you're hot-blooded. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> it. You better check it and see. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Uh, but... For those of you who may be concerned about Dale being at 63 degrees Fahrenheit, mild hypothermia sets in under 95, <laughs> moderate hypothermia sets in under 90, and severe hypothermia onsets under 82 degrees. And if you go below 82 degrees, you have the potential of dying. What's that? You're done. That's so. like you like hypothermia? No, 82 degrees oh, Celsius. Oh, 28 degrees Celsius, er, internal Celsius. body temperature. So if you drop below degrees. 28... Internally, that's like that's severe hypothermia. Damn. So that when you go black, uh, I don't. I think there's a couple more colors. I think before you start that. at blue. Yeah. Oh. I think. I mean, well, white. Severe. I think first. It's, uh, severe. Yeah. So like, uh, he should be dead, or his readings wrong. <laughs> I think it's French for serious. <laughs> so he's got the uh, outside temperature confused with his own body temperature, I correct? Think, <laughs> I think that might be what it is, but even then... Wait, that's... so what's 63? That was, like, the, the temperature outside. Yeah. No, I know, but I just don't know what oh. that feels like. I think that's probably closer to, like, 1820. Oh, okay. Which is, like, that's, like, a dusk Texas. Yeah, it yeah. might even be colder okay, than that, okay, but, okay. like... I get the joke uh, yeah, now. Yeah. I get the joke now. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get it. I did not get that. Because if it gets okay. one degree hotter, <laughs> kick your ass! <laughs> But uh, obviously their intense intellectual conversation uh, gets interrupted by a brand new sexy little import that Khan pops out of the sunroof of all places to insult the guys, basically saying, you're drinking out here. 
when I leave for work and you're drinking when I get back. That, no, you're asleep when I go to work and you're yeah. drinking when I get that, back. And that's why I got the promotion. That was a really good rebuttal. I but like I mean, Hank's like, line. But like old lady Matt. Logan. Yeah, what does that say about you? <laughs> <laughs> and And now this might be too late in our podcast to have this conversation, but like I'm a little confused because they live on Rainy Street. Mm-hmm. And he's referring to where Khan's driving is the alley. So do their driveways face inwards on the alley or what? They have two driveways. One in the front, one in the back. So the, where they're always standing is the back of the house. In between the fence between Khan and Hank's, uh, Dale is on the other side of Hank, Bill and Boomhauer across the street. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I, I just didn't understand the, like, the physical layout mm-hmm. of how this works, so that makes sense. It's okay. I didn't understand Fahrenheit. It's like that um, – <laughs> whatever the, the, the suburb that um, Arlen was based off of, like the suburb of uh, Dallas. Garland. Right? Garland, yeah, and, and Rich- Richardson. Richardson. Right, and okay. it's like – Three hours from Houston. It's I under- I'm getting it. Like just how they – like looking at them from like an overhead map, like just a perfect grid Straight for lines. every street and every alley is – Okay, I, I'm – getting it now i just needed some clarity one time the amazon man he dumped the box that he was delivering in my alley and my alley is three acres from my house (laughs) and it's also a muddy ditch on a dirt gravel road he send you a picture of it in a field saying your package has been delivered yes that's how we found it because literally we had it delivered it was ali's sister was having the package delivered and uh well, we it said it was delivered at noon, and it, this was, like, a Christmas present for her dad. So we were supposed to go and pick it up, and, like, her dad was over. We were like, where the hell is this thing? And it's like, she's like, it's been delivered at noon. Here's the picture. And, like, the picture, you can see the house in the distance. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I'm not going down that. not where you, like, it's not, you don't drive down. It's a field. Like, I, I thought you meant your old house, and I was like, the fucking junkies would have scooped it up. Oh, like, no, yes, they 2.2. No, it was, it was, it was this Christmas. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, uh, to go back to what you're saying about uh I guess Hank's rebuttal. I, I, I agree. It's probably one of the, the better lines to come out early here. I don't need a promotion. As assistant manager of Strickland Propane, I'm already at the top. Which is a fact. I'll let you think <laughs> on that. <laughs> I love how after Colin, like, drives away and Dale's like, <laughs> Game, set, and match. Hank Hill. <laughs> <laughs> like, all three of them are just, like, his cheering section right now, and it's like they're all, like, Silently agreeing that Hank does have like the, the dream top. to the yeah. top job <laughs> that like nothing can. I mean, he does. Yeah, <laughs> out of those four, yeah, but that's definitely. not saying much. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, we also subscribe to the fact that Boomhauer is not a Texas Ranger. I want to subscribe He's to unemployed. the. I want to subscribe to the what we talked about yeah, last episode that his good... parents won the lottery and yeah. he's just living off. And that is what we will believe from now onwards. Oh, and there yes. was disability involved somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I believe. He's getting two checks. Yeah. <laughs> like someone else we know. And he's episode. putting it all into his Mopar. <laughs> well, fuck, you might as well. Um, the following scene, uh, Con pulls into his garage where Min is waiting for him in her bathrobe and she's pulling... Pause on pit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's a potential of four beers that she's offering <laughs> Con out of their garage fridge. And... Uh, Con wants a Beck. A Beck Dark. <laughs> Beck! Dark or light? Dark! Beck Dark! Oh, shoot. I gamble and lose. Just have Heineken and Beck Light. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that works. No. 
Um, I have a fun fact about the two beers. Oh, that I can't get them in any liquor store that I try? In uh, cans. In cans? Heineken's easier to find in can, but yeah, I've never seen Bex in cans seen. before. Well, actually, I have, I have seen Bex in cans in tall, tall cans. Uh, oh, yeah. Both beers were introduced in 1873. Wow, that is a fun fact. Yeah. Um, what happened? I'm, there was like a big, a, where, where's Bex from? Beck is German. Heineken is from the Netherlands. But I believe the late 1800s is also like like the brewery I was talking about earlier, like the, my family's old brewery mm. started. It was like the brewery or um, they called it like the golden age of beer because like there was new technologies with like refrigeration mm. and transport. So and everybody's getting into it. And it was there wasn't any wars going on at that point between like major countries. So everybody's ham. Yeah. Well, people <laughs> just had money for the first time where like nice. there yeah. was like you could get a case of beer instead of like drinking like a bottle of a like bathtub boy, yeah. or like well yeah you didn't have to go out to get beer yeah you can bring it home and you have something cold to put it in yeah exactly. that makes sense, that makes that's sense. Sweet. Yeah. and like for the most part that's when most um of like the the most popular and like long-standing beers were created yeah 1873 <laughs> says on my candy you've been confirmed oh excellent god how about that one 2021 uh yeah this is new <laughs> yeah they ain't gonna <laughs> advertise that but Khan uh, uh, is uh, very pissed off. Well, he's, he's sarcastically pissed off that there's no back dark for a new systems manager. <laughs> <laughs> and Min's like, you finally got it. It's yours. Like, do you remember your last promotion? We had Passon Pay all night long. Do you remember your last promotion? We had Passon Pay all night long. Make love to me. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh! 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 Howdy. <laughs> so, like, was he, was he so mad with power? <laughs> yeah, like, was he, like, joking about the no, or was it, like, a power thing? Like, why was he like, no, he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, and his men very slowly removes her uh, bathrobe. <laughs> bathrobe, yeah. <laughs> that, like, that scene made me feel icky. But not, uh, <laughs> I guess less icky than the first time I heard about Pass on Pay. <coughs> Meaning that you see, when two people are attracted to each other, uh, well, your hand... Don't explain a home run. You have a heart attack. In Laos, we call it pass on paid. <laughs> Where was Hank going with that? When you take your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was trying to describe, like... I think that was how hard it was for him to describe holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I'm glad pass on paid made a... Yeah, there's this episode. I will say is just stocked with little callbacks to other con episodes, and we'll get to them as they come by. Love them; they're great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah. So now we're uh, following con. He needs to get his propane tank filled up. He's pretty pissed off that there's not a coin op machine (laughs) that replaces rednecks. I love how like boisterous he is. He's just hammering on that bell at the desk. (laughs) (laughs) Where is redneck? Yeah. I love uh, when senior redneck <laughs> comes over <laughs> Hank's shoulder. <laughs> well, there's like Buck, like is nothing without Hank. Like he's so uninterested that someone's like feverishly like ringing this bell yeah. like ten feet away from his desk. And I mean, like Hank, like isn't. I mean, he's assistant manager, but he literally is the one in charge. Like, yeah. And um, Debbie's now uh, the systems manager. We have that clip. <laughs> systems manager. Well, hell, I like the sound of that. Debbie, that's your new title. <laughs> no! She's not in systems. You disrespect important job. 
Well, I can't imagine anything more important than what Debbie does. Debbie <laughs> uh, does pass on. And we get, like, <laughs> like, we get a shot of, like, just a gratuitous shot of him. Ass. <laughs> the photocopier. And I, I think we kind of missed it. Did you, did you notice the, that, like, when he was trying to get the propane filled up, like, what slight he made at Hank? I need it filled to the top this time. No more screwing me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And... Well, Hank has some pretty good ones against him, too. What does he say about the the phone on the big hotel oh, lobby desk? Yeah. yeah, like, Hank immediately starts just belittling yeah. Khan's new job. Just and, deflating him as much as I he mean, can. But, I mean, like, let's be fair. Like, they're friendly, and Khan's asking for it. Well, yeah, but, like, that's their, that's their relationship is feuding, right? And, like, of course yeah. he's going to take a stab and try to, like, bring him down a peg on his new high horse. Well, like, uh, For somebody who's so sensitive to, like, being called out like that, you would think he would just keep his fucking mouth shut. Well, like, another point to that, too, is, like, remember from Wesley's side story, when Hank tries to make peace with him and give him a tank of propane, and Khan's like, no, I grew up with charcoal. Gives yeah. me a nice taste of meat. Like, Khan's just there to fucking talk about exactly. his new position. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, oh, wow, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Like, Dang, that is yeah. that is devious. <laughs> like, that, that's underhanded. I didn't think like, of that either. Maybe, like... Unless the propane tank is for some sort of other yeah. barbecue, like maybe I mean, he's got a deep fryer or something. Maybe well, he you're got, probably right. Uh, yeah, maybe he got a new like camper or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you're right. And so uh, before he leaves, he's obviously trying to throw some bait to Hank, right? You know, we at Strickland Propane believe. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. We be big client. He. He offer he wants to get Hank to see his new job because Hank just keeps talking about this this you know you're a phone operator, yes, and, and so he wants to toss out that bait. <laughs> so, Khan knows the way to Hank's heart, and like you can, there's like even like a little jingle that happens when when Khan says, and Hank's like, you're looking for a propane contract. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nothing else like matters at that point. That Hank is gonna hop into Khan's new company car with him and head on down to the composite place. Did something like this happen at Mary Brown's? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's top secret information. That is. Uh, and I like that uh, not once but twice Hank kind of turns on his salesman speech. You got me there, <laughs> Khan. <laughs> We at Strickland Propane believe ah. that... <laughs> Con has no time for that. Exactly. Um, and I do want to mention that, like, what I noticed also in this episode, which is kind of a little bit different than ones that we've seen in the past, you might not have noticed it, but, like, the first few scenes, the transitions that we get, like, you know how normally it's, like, plucky, King of the Hill it's, guitar? Yeah. They've been, like, suspicious, ominous, downturning I really like the one... I really like the music in this episode. It's like back to season one where the episode, where the music wasn't, was still new and fresh. Um, this has some fresh, fresh music in it. I like. So as we transition to the next scene though, we see uh, where Khan works, which is like, you know how throughout the whole series, We've kind of had this uh, vague idea of what Khan does, like, oh, he's in systems or, or whatever. Like, it's just a whole, like, oh, he's in something that's too S smart for us to understand. The phones. Phones or something. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I noticed that, like, the name of the building is Composite Analysis Incorporated. Like, just, <laughs> just more jargon just to make it sound, amb amb like, ambiguous. Well, they make, they make, yeah. they make like, composite... Like like plastics, I thought. I guess, but a composite analysis? I don't know. I just... 
It does. It's one. It of those just names. makes it sound. I mean, at least composite is mentioned. In Fair the enough. Yeah, but it's, it's anyways, the, the furthest thing from like a ma and pop. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, like yeah. I guess it would be like if you had like aluminum analysis incorporated. <laughs> exactly. Or it's so. one of those buildings that you drive by and you're like, wow, that sounds boring. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't even care what's going. It on It looked there. boring. Mm-hmm. Um. So, anyways, we get right into Khan's office, and it, I mean, it does look like a pretty boring office. What's well, for security? Well, he's bragging about his. <laughs> fucking office and Hank still keep trying to do his pitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. And God just keeps interrupting him yeah. with, like, look at this office. <laughs> yeah, he really wants Hank to, like, be impressed. And he, like, he shows off his phone. He's like, I can call Europe on this thing. And... Did you notice that one framed picture? Like, uh, which one? Right? I know that the there's there's the golf one, and then there's also, like, the windmills for power, like, the yeah. solar energy. Obviously, like, he doesn't need propane. Like, they use oh, solar oh, energy, oh, like, for, or wind energy forever ago and then he had his family framed in the back I think mm-hmm. but uh, anyways obviously Hank's not impressed and so he has to show him off the computer which has the fastest processor in the world well Hank starts to realize that Khan's doing one of his spiels right now where like the only thing Hank can do to get him to get more information is just to keep belittling it and he's mm-hmm. like oh Gotta do your own typing, huh? Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because nowadays that is a, like a you you don't have to yeah. <laughs> if you really don't want to. I love when he's like, huh? No window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for security. <laughs> um, but the, I will say when he did say that the computer was like the fastest processors or whatever, they did make an effort. It was it was like a flat screen yeah, monitor. That was it was super new for the time. Yeah, because really like it, every other time we see a computer, it's purposefully a big tube. The big bulking. Yeah, ones. and and so obviously like what Khan is showing Hank isn't enough. At this point, and Khan needs to kind of take that a step further. I don't think Khan had the intention of taking Hank to this top secret hangar. You don't think so? I think that the whole thing was just to show him his office and be like, check out how fancy all my shit is. Yeah, the whole, like, first half of this episode is just him trying to impress Hank, and he doesn't until we're in the warehouse. So, yeah, exactly. I think you're right that the, and, he thought his office was enough. And because I don't think that... I, I don't know. I maybe, but I don't think that Hank, that Khan ever believed that that office was enough to impress a fucking redneck like Hank. <laughs> and the reason why I think that he wasn't prepared to do this is the scene when he goes in, because like they make a joke out of it, which is great. But like I was thinking, like he being the guy that he is, he'd be prepared to take Hank in. Um, but notice how like when he tried to get in, he was just like, "Oh, this is top secret," and then he had to pull out like the code, like because he obviously hasn't used it very much, or he just got it. Like, Like, he was just trusted with it, and now he's just, like, punching out the code. You don't have the clearance! Nobody trusts you like they trust me! (laughs) (laughs) But that's my my guess. I, I don't know. Before we even see the club or anything, that warehouse is just impressive in itself. Like, that thing is fucking huge. If the ball's going 400 yards, like, that thing's a thousand I mean, that's yards. a hanger. Yeah, yeah that, it, it literally looks like, like a plane hanger or something, and, it, and it's bare empty. And Well, what, they said 400 yards, and that wasn't at the end of it. Mm-mm. No, because it's going to, yeah, bounce and roll and... Yeah. It, no, it, I meant it wasn't at oh, the end of the building. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. I think yeah, they not intentionally not show the scale, and they just make it look like it's mm-hmm. going into the rafters. Um, but I remember, like, because 
this episode was one that like it doesn't particularly ever like stood out or one that I would watch like on repeat. So I kind of had the same feelings I remember feeling like when I was first watching this episode. I was like, where the fuck is this episode going when they walk into this hangar and there's this tiny little like 12 inch by 12 inch square of astroturf. I know. And then Con had there's that singular locker. Yeah, yeah. it's so weird. It it's really <laughs> is. I thought it was going to be some like nuclear or something because I didn't notice the grass right away. I just saw the locker and I was like, oh, he's going to put on a radiation suit or some shit. But, uh, nope, it's golf. And, uh, I really wasn't ready for the... I'll prepare your brain for razzle-dazzle! <laughs> Con brings us right back to Earth with his slang and the noises yeah. he makes when he's hitting the club. He ruined the moment for all of us, Hank included. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 my impression of, like, the, um... The scale of the room, like you're saying, with the one club, the one locker, the one green, and the empty warehouse to drive in. I kind of think that the, the reason he was fired is twofold, and also the reason he no one else has the thing until their quote-unquote man, the password hasn't, quote, and the reason no one has a password for it until their manager is because, like, I feel like the the composite used in this being... Oh, the resilient ceramic composite? Yeah, being the military-grade stuff. I think that the company wasn't supposed to use it for anything else. <laughs> and so, like... And they put it on a golf club. And so they put it on a golf club. Like a little strip. Yeah, so the military was probably like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> as well as Con saying it's going to be on the tanks. Yeah, that is a twofold. I think you're I think you're definitely right with that. I didn't think of that, but, like, you're definitely right. I don't know what the composite ceramic would, like, be good for on a tank either, because I don't think that that is tank-proof. I'm assuming it's meant to like deflect. <clears throat> That's what I thought. Incoming, because if it shoots a golf ball, you know, 150 yards further than. Yeah, but golf balls are made of rice somehow. We'll get into that. That's true. Um, but uh, I. No, I, but seriously, I, golf balls are made of like fucking rubber bands, aren't they? Like wrapped around plastic. No, it's way shit. more technical than that, bro. Yeah, but it's not more technical than a fucking tank bullet. Or whatever they're called, a slug. I What's mean, it called? It depends who you ask. It could be mean on like like the uh, like the simplest form, like just like shrapnel. Like if mm -hmm. a bomb goes off over here, and there's just like pieces of whatever. I, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, it could be yeah falling rubble. Like if they're in a you know building falls on it or whatever. But anyways, <laughs> that, there's a hundred hypotheticals that would come up with. But really, this is a really good scene, though it, I will say, because it is it does show their relationship in a nutshell of like it like actually not just their not just their relationship, but their relationship as it's always shown to us. Like every Hank Con episode boils down to Hank or sorry Con trying to show off to Hank. It's a pissing match, and then Hank being impressed until Con ruins it. <laughs> by being con. Like, makes sense. If con wasn't so con, then Hank would probably hide probably him to the alley maybe once every second week. <laughs> and, <laughs> I think he's right there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I but he's got to do the razzle-dazzle. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking bring do, it down. Do you have the sound effect when con hits his um, drive? Just wait. Just wait. I'm going to add on to this first. Okay. 
Uh, and I also like what you're saying because it is a perfect example. And I like the way that they tie in, like, the actual plot, like, the reason why Hank's there in so well with what's happening between them. Because I don't know if you noticed this line. Like, Hank's still, like, he's very impressed. And so he wants this propane deal. And because... <laughs> I think at that moment he's forgotten about the propane deal. Well, I don't know because if you look at this line... Con, I don't have to play golf with you to sell you. Because propane hits a hole in one every time. But that's before he <laughs> That's before he hits it. Yeah. But I just love that line so much, yeah. and I think I might start using it at work. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, you, you might make some golf meetings, I believe. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty funny. <laughs> so after Khan takes his swing and <laughs> makes that crazy noise, Hank... Uh, takes a try and he's sold, but then he's he really wants to close that propane deal, and that's when Khan uh, breaks the news. Well, he has that brief lapse in um, his like not being impressed by Khan stuff because he's like just like his jaws on the floor and he's just like, whoa. He's like, impressive, huh? And Hank's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, See, you impressed by me, you can go now. That's all I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe the words that he uses now. Get off my company's property! <laughs> Which gave me, like, Cartman Authority vibes. <laughs> yeah, I think it might also have been because he's standing on the tea box. Uh, <laughs> property. <laughs> I like that. So, following the scene at Hank's work after uh, Hank tries to storm off and pound on that digital door scanner thing or whatever. We find the guys back in the alley, which they're, they're a lot this episode, hanging out in the alley. As they should be. As yeah, that's do. classic. That's like, that, mm-hmm. that feels good. <laughs> and, like, but they're also not the focus of this episode, which I actually enjoy. It was, this is a nice breather just to cut in. Mm-hmm. It's a nice, like, kind of home base kind of check-in vibe. We haven't seen Colin in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Hank's telling the bros... You know, this can never get back to Khan, but after swinging that club, I literally felt like dancing. (laughs) (laughs) And you know it takes a lot to make Hank dance. Exactly. I don't think Hank danced at his wedding. (laughs) (laughs) He probably got Bill to dance with Peggy for him. Yeah, unless he's not doing that grapevine or whatever the hell that shit is, but... Pardon me? (laughs) The The line dancing. Country dancing. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Dale delivers another one of his more perplexing lines directly after that about uh, the country known as Japan. You know, in Japan, a round of golf costs $12,000. You play from rooftop to rooftop. The balls are made out of rice somehow. And when you're all done, you got to go home and sleep in a tube. Oh, just gets me. It's great because, like, I believe the reason Dale says this is that he still (laughs) thinks Khan's Japanese. Oh, my God, that's so true. So, like, I mean, I know they have batting cages on the roof, and I know they have driving ranges on the roof, but, like, can you really go roof to roof? And what if you suck at golf? So... There is no roof-to-roof golfing. There is rooftop driving ranges. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. There's very popular ones. Uh, One, I think, is called Yodobashi. Um, And there's also, like, 
real golf courses, which are really cool, and you can go at night, and they're nice, but they're on the ground level. But you have to sleep in a tube when you're done? <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> you and then, decompress. Yeah. And then so there is also rooftop mini golf in Yokohama. Oh, that's fun. But I kind of looked at the prices of all of these as well. Yeah? So What is a driving range run? Yeah, I might go. So <laughs> the, the, the rooftop driving range... You've just you've just alerted that dog. He's coming because he thinks that's a trap. He set the trap. He so does that every day. He puts like squeakers in the bed, and I'll roll over them in the middle of the night, and it wakes him up. and He thinks it's playtime. It's like we're in the minds of Moria right now. Yeah. You Hippin did just dump that yeah. fucking. You heard it. You heard, heard that. It. That's the dog. It, yeah. He's there right now. The drums. <laughs> you, coming. You've tripped the trap. So Yodobashi, the rooftop driving range, costs about 4,160 yen. 4,100, that's only 40 bucks. That's 40 bucks an hour. And uh, what I thought was extra interesting was that the way that you pay, you like just, you you pay for a little card, you swipe, but then. Like a debit card? (laughs) No. You did that. I know I did. You brought this upon us. If so, you pay for a card, you swipe it, and then instead of like you know normally you get a bucket of balls that comes out of a machine, and that's what you hit for the day. Yeah, the balls come out of the ground, risen onto the tee. So like the tee, wow. so like they grow like rice. So, no, s- stop. So like the <laughs> tee has a ball on it. You hit the ball, it goes like it goes into the ground. A ball rolls on top of the tee, and then it shoots back up. So it reloads for you. And that's you just amazing. go infinite. infinite. That's a, that's a, the, I was at a driving range last weekend, and it's so annoying to have to you bend know, over. Bend, yeah, exactly. Pick up a ball, yeah. getting Plus, a finite number of balls. I will. I'm a lefty too, so there, you've never once gone to a driving range where it's been set up for the lefty side. So you got to reach under this wet, soggy astroturf mat, grab the tee, pull it to the other side, I mean, and then do it a second time to get it under. I didn't go to Japan because of COVID this year. But uh, I can't wait to go. And the, I just, like, everything you hear, it's just, like, it's got to be, like, the best country in the world to live. Yeah. But <laughs> as long they as have you... toilets that spray your butthole when you're done. I think it's the best country to be <laughs> born in. heated toilet seats. Yes. Definitely the best country to be born in. Cause... Yeah. They also have little, like, like they, you can, like, some of the public toilets have, like, little music players. So, so you, you so don't you, hear the person next to the person So you, no, you, you press it when you, like, go to fart, so it, like, covers it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, but I don't then, know whether <laughs> to laugh or vomit. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. You can play music while you do either. Um, and then, so finally, to finish off this beautiful beast of a quote from Dale. I'm quite sure he's just referring to capsule hotels and just doesn't understand the concept. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's got to be it. Well, you got to go sleep in a tube for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, this conversation gets even more perplexing when Bill's like, well, I'm in the army, and I never heard about this barber. And then he asks Hank the weirdest curveball question. Do you ever have any regrets that you didn't go into systems? Well, if I couldn't sell propane, like, like if I hit my head and went dumb and just couldn't be trusted with it, then, yeah, I might consider going into systems. Oh. 
Did you guys also think of somebody you work with that just, like, isn't to be trusted with things? Or, like, was that only me? Khan's job is, like, significantly more, like, intricate and requires a lot more education than any of their other jobs. And they're, like, talking about it. He answers phones, yuppie. Like, <laughs> like he's, What does like, he do? Washes windshields and red lights or something. Like, Hank says if he goes dumb, he's going to go oh, into yeah, systems. That. I think Hank literally thinks he just answers the phone. Yeah, like, because they have no idea. They, they've just, like, adopted systems as, like, some job. I mean, I don't know pretend- what systems is. No, neither do I, and I was certainly not going to look it is up. It, is it, it just, like, like IT? It's just, like, you know, like, phones in, like, a big lobby? <laughs> it's just like that. Is it just, like, uh, is it, like, when I phone Amazon and complain that my package is missing? Like, I'd imagine so it's that some, guy? I'd imagine systems would be some sort of software development, but, like, it's such a vague term that I think you'd have to get more specific or else it doesn't That's make sense. Thing, well, he, they don't make software. They make fucking composite Yeah, but, ceramic. like, you have to program the machines and you have to, like, know what to... The, the functions to put into those machines in order to make them do what they do. It's not just like the machines do the work. You tell the machine what to do. Yeah, and Khan's like definitely like overseeing it because he goes, uh-huh. this is my new project and he gets a car from it so he's probably, I guess, like the head of it. He's yeah, managed. or managing right. people that do it. Yeah. Because he once did it. So, I mean, that's usually how it goes but, uh, again, I didn't hit my head so I don't know anything about systems. <laughs> Either way, moving on. So, we're... We're back at the army base now where Bill is uh, serving his country, <laughs> cutting the hair of a general, and uh, I don't know. A the blade's sharp, okay. General's like right-hand man. <laughs> yeah, his buddy who doesn't know how to kiss ass properly. Yeah. The wind was really against you in the back nine, general. No one could drive through that. You did. If you're going to suck up, make some sense of it, man. <laughs> I love it. That Bill. He, he talks about, like, these localized generals. Know what's going on at, like, the highest level of the army. He's like, you know, we're, you're, you go, you're developing it with that polymer company. And they're just yeah. like, everyone's like, huh? Like, these guys are in charge of people, not what material gets fucking welded onto the top of tanks. I'm like... Yeah, I mean, they should have, and I, I think in a real scenario here, they would have ignored everything this dumbass army barber <laughs> yeah, says. <laughs> but Bill's such a dumbass, he just keeps yammering on to fucking try and save himself, I guess. 400 yards, every drive, that's what I hear. <laughs> Didn't you all know about the club? Maybe I shouldn't have said nothing. We're going to use that stuff on our tanks. <laughs> Private Taylor is gay. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I mean, dissecting everything that was said, the the tanks one is really, I think, what gets, what gets in the general to be like, okay, because if the army's developing golf clubs, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. But now he's, act- that's actually treason. Like... Mm-hmm. And then, which I, I like that Bill has a lackey because Bill's title is Sergeant Barber, and now he has <laughs> Private it. Taylor to be his like number two. <laughs> and, and Bill sells him out in front of the general. Yeah, <laughs> the and Bill. Private Taylor <laughs> eyes bulge out of his head as if the uh, ask the don't ask don't tell policy was broken. Well, he told. <laughs> he told. Nobody asked. Nobody asked. Because, but he was told, because uh, I, I actually, because I knew that, like, America's weird about this stuff, and that's, like, fucked up, but yeah. I, I actually, like, that made me Google, like, when, 
Don't like, Ask, Don't Tell was gone? Not Don't Ask, Don't Tell, but I didn't know Don't Ask, Don't Tell didn't exist until today. Oh. Um, I just, I, cause I knew that like, what was it? Jimi Hendrix said like in 67 that, or 66 or something that he was gay. So he couldn't join the Vietnam war. Smart like a fox. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so I looked it up and to regulate homosexuality in the U S military, physical exams and interviews were used to spot men with effeminate characteristics during recruitment. <laughs> Many soldiers accused of homosexual behavior were discharged for being, quote, sexual psychopaths. Wow. <laughs> yeah, harsh. And although the number of discharges greatly decreased during a wartime, justifications include the potential for conflict <clears throat> between heterosexual and homosexual service members and possible heterosexual resentment and hostility. Like... What the fuck? That is delusional. That is absolutely delusional to say that we don't want gay people in here because the largely like over abundance of heterosexual might be resented. Yeah, I don't get it. It's ridiculous. So it's they were scared. It just sounds just like hate. They were scared that yeah, it was hate, but they were blaming the hate on homosexual people, hate resenting and being hostile towards their heterosexual like. So they were saying that the, the, the minorities in this situation yes. are going to have an ones, effect on the majority. No, they were saying that the the homosexual ones, the minorities in this scenario, yeah, yeah. are the ones that are going to resent and have hostility <laughs> towards the majority. <laughs> I don't think that's it. No, no, that's and not like, true. They all went like we met Jeter the Beater not that long ago. <laughs> all those kids were um, instructed how to go and die and fight overseas. Ex- yeah, <laughs> exactly, and. The I mean, <sighs> this this is actually the part that kind of made me feel like fucking gross. For <laughs> that's over now though, right? Like, yeah, just really, yeah. So this is the part that really I thought was fucked up was that the U.S. is one of the last developed nations to overturn its ban on allowing gays, lesbians, and bisexuals to openly serve in the military when it repealed the "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" policy. In 2010. Really? Yeah. It's like. Really? Yeah. It's like. Holy fuck. It's, it's, dude, Israel did it in 1993. <laughs> it's, that's America, like, man. Like, <laughs> like, if you want to get up and fight for your country, like, I don't think it really matters. It is. It is fun. Shit. I mean, if anything, 2020 has taught us, it's that America is. God. We do get to see uh, the result of Bill's blabbermouth, and that is when we are back at Composite Analysis Incorporated, and we see uh, Mr. Supernusum phone with his feet up on his desk speaking French to Europe. No, j'attends pour un nouveau bicyclette avec la course suspension. Anybody know what that means? He says suspension at the end there. Bicycle. So. Bicyclette. You're correct on the bicyclette. So this is actually interesting because... Wait, what does he say? Let's hear it again. I actually want to see if I can translate that. No, j'attends pour un nouveau bicyclette avec la course suspension. Well, I can't hear all the j'attends means I like. He said, yes. was there a 10 in there? So, but, so it also sounds kind of like j'attends pas. 
No, j'attends pour nouveau bicyclette avec la course suspension. So this is what I did, guys, because this it was I I was kind of hell bent on figuring this out. Is he buying a bicycle? So listen. <laughs> so he, I took this clip and I slowed it down, and I tried to record it on my phone and then open up Google Translate and then play my phone to Google Translate speech function to get it to understand and, re and relay it for me and it wasn't working. So what I had to do is I had to slow down even further, write down the phonetics and then say it to Google Translate emphasizing okay. different words. Right. <laughs> I hope it's worth it. And so, and so, so this is what I came up with. Like the, the words that I was saying to Google Translate was je tempo nouveau bicycle uh, t'avec la custros pechon. That's what I was saying. To, I like my new bicycle. And so I've got like seven things here. I'll give you three. Tell me if you want more, okay? Yeah. I'm waiting for your new bicycle with the three fishermen race. Okay. No, I love you, man. Bicycle with the running fat person. Uh, no, I'm not waiting for a bicycle with the race. I'm waiting for your new bicycle with the pressure diaper. No, I don't love you. New bicycle with the pig race. No, I don't like you on the new bicycle with the cross race. I think he does say, no, I don't like the new bicycle something, something, something. I think the fisherman race might have been the closest. Do you think maybe um, there's a French, like, because, I mean, the... Tour to France is a pretty, uh, you know, that's the bike race. Yeah. So, like, I could believe that maybe there's a French uh, bicyclette company out there who wants to make a new composite uh, I bicycle. It. But this is a personal call. But, yeah, that's the thing. So No, he says it wasn't. No, and then he says, <laughs> fine, charge me for it. <laughs> so I think, yeah, Con's just, like, swinging his new contract and wants to order some super fancy yeah, bike maybe, or yeah. wait for the one until it's ready. I don't know. Or he is, has a problem with a bike he maybe already bought. I don't know. <laughs> so um, it could uh, be where's anything. Nathan? We need him because he is French immersion. Yeah. Truth. Emerged. So, anyways, uh, the security busts in with, obviously, his manager or a manager of some kind, and they very politely ask him to leave because he's fired for spilling the beans. He only has four minutes. <laughs> Con, we're terminating your contract. It's a business call! I swear! I pay for it, just bill me. But, obviously, that scene uh, ends preemptively because we don't actually get to see Con leave, but we do get to see Con arrive in the next scene. Sorry, I was distracted. This Heineken's pretty good, actually. I like it. Yeah, we find the guys, once again, drinking in the alley, and uh, Bill has never seen a taxi cab before. In his hey, life, look! Apparently. There's a, a taxi! It's a taxi! <laughs> 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 He's so excited! Yeah, I think, I guess he just Must thinks they're... Burt Reynolds or something. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like me at 3 a.m. downtown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a taxi! Let's go! Take me home. Take me the fuck out of here. Um... But Dale dishes out one of my favorite lines of the episode once they realize that it's Con getting out of that cab. Company car trouble, Con. <laughs> and Con comes bustling over to the guys, and he's got his box of his possessions from his office in his hand, and his suit's all and he's dirty for some reason. And like, he's like disheveled. Yeah, he's been having a real rough day. Goes, I feel like every sorry every character in any television movie that gets fired. Always has their shirt untucked, their hair disheveled, their tie down, and are dirty. Yeah. Why is it always that way? Why is it always that way? I'll tell you why. Because when you drink, you just don't care anymore. Okay. And he definitely <laughs> stopped for some Beck's okay. Dark on the way home. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And, uh, yeah, 
Khan is immediately trying to spin this on to Hank. He goes, Hank, yo, I confided in you. And he's like, that wasn't confiding in someone. That was <laughs> boasting and bragging like a fucking moron. Yeah, and but no, but now it's not his fault. Yeah, because he's been fired. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now it's my fault. Yeah, exactly. And so, of course, Hank looks to his right and his left to see, you know, who the fuck blabbed. And who's your first go-to in that situation? Dale. Dale. Dale, are you posting our conversations on the internet again? Conversations, no. Actions, whereabouts, your mowing schedule, no comment. (laughs) 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 I'm like, I love the idea that Dale cares enough to share on the internet to literally no one who cares about Hank's mowing schedule because we all know Hank's mowing schedule is whenever the fuck he can get out of the house. And like, <laughs> there's yeah, whenever it isn't raining. It's like a minimum four times a week. Yeah. And although he may not be posting the details of the conversations, he's posting the actions. Do you know how many actions you take in a day? That's <laughs> everything you do. Exactly. How many bonus actions? You get one per turn, six seconds. So I don't know how many seconds are in a day. But. Of course, he looks to his six. second target because Boomhauer is a saint. Boomhauer is not going to tell no. anybody. And even if he did, nobody would understand him. No, it's obviously Hank's dog. Yeah, Bill didn't think he was on the record. <laughs> Hank goes having a casual conversation. There was a one-sided eavesdropping response. <laughs> it wasn't and, a conversation. And, of course, Khan uh, in traditional Khan fashion has to come back and end this conversation with another day. He has to be better than one of these rednecks. You sorry for Khan? Khan's sitting pretty. I got severance package bigger than a year of your... Your salary. Yeah. How <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have a salary? <laughs> well, joke's on him. Joke's on him. I don't even make a living wage. <laughs> <laughs> I do love how long they wait for that fucking that payoff. That's, I forgot that payoff was coming. <laughs> it's so good. That's good. <laughs> so Peggy comes in to give Hank the gears while Hank's just trying to organize his tools. He's just killing a couple hours. Yeah. Moving a hook from here to there, back like, to here. Because, I mean, it's immaculate. Yeah. Like, you could it eat is, off that tool bench or I that mean, workbench. I, I got to say, like, I organize my tools maybe like on my bench maybe once a month and it is never perfect you know what? never imagine. perfect it's gonna take me till hank's age to have my <laughs> tool shelf perfect when's the last time you guys organized your tackle box tackle box oh probably in the summer when i went fishing lost i did it after christmas before new year's eve because i you. went camping good for you yeah no the uh tackle box i i mean i i got uh some fly tackle but I've never been fly fishing because last Christmas my dad bought me a fly rod. Hasn't taken me out to learn me how to fly fish yet. It's fucking fun, man. Uh, he takes you out. <laughs> has, uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I haven't gone yet. That's okay. I've got a fly rod I haven't touched since I was like 15, so we can go relearn together. I like it. I like it. I'll go with you, boys. I'll maybe your, da- maybe your dad will teach us. Oh, no, he, he never knew it <laughs> Oh, either. he doesn't know either. My well, maybe God. my dad will teach us all. <laughs> he doesn't know how to Our dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Peggy comes in and she's like, just she knows already. But Hank's like, oh, did you hear that Con lost his job? Yeah, he's like, doesn't that suck? But he's like giggling to himself. And he knows time. that, like, it's he knows it's his fault, but Hank's not going to take the blame for this. Oh. And I don't really think that Hank should, but Hank did blab. He chatty Kathy. But mm-hmm. again, th- I, I was actually going to ask this question. 
is Hank in the wrong or is Khan in the wrong for it's, sharing the secret in the first place? Khan's in the wrong for being such a dick the whole time. Khan's in the wrong, but Hank is also in the wrong. Because if somebody says, I have a secret, and you tell that secret to someone else who has a secret, and then, sorry, and someone else who shares that secret, then it's your fault for starting that daisy chain. But yeah, you can go back to Khan. But, I but think- it's always... I think Hank's right, because he goes, those were your secrets to keep. The only reason Khan leaked those secrets was to try and impress him for a very... And at, what level, and at what level are those secrets the, the obligation is to tell somebody? Like, But I mean, but it doesn't matter, because Khan... What if Khan killed someone? Whatever. <laughs> I mean, the idea with that is that he, that he quote-unquote did. That he, like, by leaking government secrets about the tank makeup that he got soldiers killed and that's treason and that's his crime right so is that like by by but he also told Hank that it was top secret did he explicitly say like don't tell anybody but he definitely made it clear it was top secret he made it clear it was top secret but, but I don't he, think he specifically so that's said, still, I think it's implied he, I think he, it's he implied def- he definitely didn't hit it home that it was like you tell one person I'm I losing my, my job. job. Like that's He it. didn't say that, no. But he also did tell him that it was A, top secret, and B, for the government. And so for now, the military. Now, going back to Peggy, do you think Peggy's in the right for being upset with Hank? Whatever. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it's not really... No, because Peggy has no stake in this. <laughs> I saw a comment on the fandom <laughs> wiki page of being like, Peggy had no right to get mad at Hank, fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> There's like three comments on I this mean, whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out. She like, I mean, yeah, like she can, like she. She could be upset about it, but she doesn't have to get mad at Hank because like. She's being indignant. I don't know that she's necessarily upset. I think she likes to be like Peggy about it. Because it's not that much further in the episode when, or I guess, well, it's maybe five, ten minutes later in the episode where she's like, just remember, we don't like them that much. So like, who is she to try and yeah. stick up for them when she actually claims she doesn't like them. She but. is, yeah, I think she is just being, like, indignant. But she, that one comment you made where she, Hank, or Peggy calls Hank a gossip and then a chatty Kathy. You know who's responsible for gossip? Gossipers. You are nothing but a chatty Kathy, Hank. A giant 200-pound chatty Kathy. <laughs> so, a chatty Kathy is upholstering talking doll manufactured by the Mattel oh. toy company from 1959 to 1965. Wow, I did not know that. The doll was priced at under $10 and was the second most popular doll during the 1960s, second to only Barbie. That's actually wow. a lot of money. Also made by the Mattel uh, toy company. Ten, ten bucks? Um, it was actually the suggested real retail price was $18, but oh, stores damn. made a kind of like a would we ain't gonna sell that. I mean, like, because uh, I remember back in the, like, I like that's probably like fifty bucks today. It was a lot. That's a lot of money. And so this was the first ever like talking doll. It actually had some sort of like, was it a drawstring or was it a recorder it was in the a, back? It was a, a a drawstring and it had some sort of like monophone a reach for the sky player inside. It's like there's an eighth in my boot. <laughs> no, that's what Nikki Six says. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was like crazy success, successful. I mean, only second to Barbie. Um, so after Mattel had so much success with the original Chatty Kathy, they introduced Chatty Baby, Tiny Chatty Baby, Tiny Chatty Brother, and Charmin Chatty. When were those made? 
Um, <laughs> Why haven't I heard of those? Yeah. All... You're being a really chatty, charming baby. <laughs> like, now. were those like remakes or were those like at the same time? <laughs> same time. That it was like a oh, okay. set, I believe. It was all from like the final one, I think, was introduced in like 1965, and that's when they. Whatever. Stopped. That's when everybody. That's when being a chatty Kathy yeah. became a bad thing. And like you look at like this doll online, and like it is exactly what you picture. Like it's just so creepy. Oh. And, I'm picturing a Cabbage Patch doll. I mean, kind of similar. It was like mixed with Raggedy was, Ann. Maybe it was Caucasian, blue eyes, like blonde, had a short bob hair, and then later on, I don't want to listen to her already. And then, um, then they also introduced um, like a dark skinned one, and then like an auburn haired one, and like you know they they had them all eventually. But some of Chatty Cathy's phrases, there was ten phrases, I believe, that she said. Oh, nice. Gag me with these. a spoon. Um, I have a few of them. Uh, one of them was, I love you. Nice. Another one was, I hurt myself. <laughs> Another one what? was... That's what? a cry for help. Wait, 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 what? Another <laughs> one was, please take me with you. Wait, shut up. What? Let's play school. What the fuck? And, may I have a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> it says, I hurt myself, please take me with you. And then no, have a cookie. I hurt myself is separate, and then the next one is, please take me with yeah, you. Yeah, that's instance. <laughs> this this, that's tw- this sounds right. like a toxic relationship. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it was the 50s. A strange, strange <laughs> toy. <laughs> 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 made the oh Mattel company God. a lot of money. Well, you know. Well... <laughs> Systems is like that. It's a crazy business. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that this conversation about the chatty Kathy has reminded Peggy to be exactly not a chatty Kathy and no. <laughs> return a bowl. Yeah, and so she decides to go over next door, and she greets Min at the glass sliding door. Hi, I heard Khan lost his job, and that reminded me I still hadn't returned your bowl. <laughs> like she's gonna go pawn the bowl. Yeah, like what? Like, no, I think I think honestly, Peggy's got like one item from all of the women in the alley. <laughs> to whenever some hot goss comes up, she's got to go and return it. Yeah, of course. Hot goss. Yeah, hot goss. That's a that was a, that's Mattel's new doll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it came straight out of hot it's topic. Amber hot goss. <laughs> but uh, Min is so damn sure that they're just gonna be just fine. Yeah, well, did you see the take, bread maker? She invites her inside. <laughs> take a look around for Peggy Hill. Something like this only make us appreciate how many things we have. How many, many things. Just look around you. Take your time for Peggy Hill. Savor, like you in museum. I, like, kind of want to mention, yeah, one of the items is a bread maker. Yeah, we know, yeah, um, but they might not know. Have I told you guys about my new bread maker? Well, it's Allie's bread maker. I got it for Christmas for What's, Allie. What settings ago, does it have? <laughs> oh, my God, this thing is phenomenal. I don't know why every house doesn't have a bread maker. I don't know why it took me so long to get one. Is it easy to make the bread? Oh, my God, you just dump it in. You don't even think about it. You just dump the ingredients in, set the timer for when your alarm's going to go off, or, like, half hour before. Wake up to fresh bread. And it's... It, like, I mean, I, it's already paying for itself. Like, I don't go to buy bread. I never <laughs> run out of bread. It's awesome. I, uh, and, like, it even has a little nut hatch. You put the nuts in, and then it shoots them in. You get squirrely I, bread. I just Banana like, bread. It makes cake. It makes jam. Ask me if it makes jam. Does it make jam? It makes jam. Fuck, it makes jam, Dustin. Thanks, <laughs> Jam, Dustin. You were eating some of that fun banana bread just two Yeah, ago. how fun was that banana bread? It was so moist. It was, it was <laughs> delicious. It was so good. It was decadent. It was delicious. I'm um, telling you. 
quickly. I'm telling you, invest in a bread maker. Your life will be better. And I, then I, I don't doubt that the bread maker is a great thing, but I just love that the possessions that Min outlines are like things that anybody with like a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> Dude, yeah. just no, bread makers, bread makers like a hundred bucks Canadian. Like then, you yeah. can get one, no problem. <laughs> and then a food processor. <laughs> nobody, food processors, nobody can afford. Food processors are like probably also a hundred bucks, but we have one and we barely use it. It's nice to have when we want to make like hummus or something, but the bread maker is a daily use. Now, item. how frequently do you use? your ceramic panda? <laughs> uh, well, it's not a marine radio. It's just a cookie jar. Oh, so it's a lot more useful. <laughs> I 100% thought that thing was a cookie jar. Like, until, like, I don't know how. I watched this episode three times today, and it wasn't until the last time that I realized that it ever even played, was a radio. <laughs> like, I thought it was a cookie jar, and I thought Dale was high. So, so ridiculous. Sorry, we're that. skipping. We are skipping a little bit. Because but it is here on the counter. It is here on the counter. We because do see it. Peggy it is pointed out. And so, but basically, I think you're kind of right. She just wanted to come over because there's some juicy goss, and Min's obviously not ready to open up. So Peggy's just saying, in the great words of Doyle Harkavy, Oh, well, Harkavy. When you need a shoulder to cry on, I am just across the yard. As Doyle Harkavy says, shoulders make the best tissues. And if you'll remember, Doyle Harkavy wasn't that good. Thank you, Mom. It's about time somebody said it. Of course coffee wakes you up in the morning. I mean, that's how they advertise it. <laughs> Did I not tell you about my new unit? Uh, might as well you tell us now. Me. There's an elephant in the room, Should guys. I go to the bathroom now or after? <laughs> after. He helped you bring it in. Yeah. Anyway, I went and bought a new arcade unit today. You'll see it on our uh, Insta. Can we post that on Insta? Sure. Can we put it on Insta? Post it. Yeah, we'll post it on Insta. I got a a fancy new arcade today. But uh, on the way, I watched this episode like three times. And yeah, that uh, Dale Harkavy, like my friend, I was watching it. Actually, our friend. Dances Dances with with McDoubles. Exactly. Uh, I was like, oh, it's Dale Harkavy. That's awesome. And he's like. Doyle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And he was like. Yes. (laughs) He was like, I don't know who that is. (laughs) Apparently, I didn't either. That's okay. <clears throat> I think Bobby is the muser of, like, future generations. Like, you always, like, if you see anything King of the Hill related in, like, on social media or, like, in any, like, sort of pop culture facet, it's Bobby with one of his quotes. And it's always, like, Bobby Hill is all of us. Yeah. And he's the one that was, like, yo, Doyle Harkavy sucks. That is so <laughs> Someone stupid. had to say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, of course... Um, after Peggy leaves with her words of wisdom, which she stole, um, Min is sad. We see that because she's sad enough to sit down at the table next to her ceramic marine was radio she, panda. She was crying. Well, she didn't cry necessarily, but she was like she noticeably. Was down. When when Peggy showed up, she was not crying. No, no. Uh, I thought but she was crying when Hank shows up uh, later okay, on. But she is down in the dumps enough to tune into Dale's pirate radio yeah. during his weather forecast. <laughs> that's all we get of it. I know and that's like that's why I think why I missed it was a radio like so many times watching it because I was probably laughing already at the bread maker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the ceramic panda, so useless. But the following scene we see things worth bank, dude. <laughs> Seven eight hundred. We see Con at a place where 
I guess the unemployment office. It's the unemployment office is what I wrote down. Somewhere you don't expect to be calm or see calm, but he is demanding that he gets. Unless his he was check. going in to make fun of the people without <laughs> jobs. Because he filled out his form, where's his damn check? But he doesn't get one because the company that he worked for. I'm sorry, sir. Your past employer apparently has filed an objection. Let's see here. Uh, under reason for dismissal, they checked other and then wrote in. Treason. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that justifies not getting unemployment. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I think you get I think you get shot That's for treason. The, I think yeah, Hank was right that he's lucky he didn't get yeah. shot, taken out back. But I think you get a blindfold and a cigarette. Con like <laughs> continues to try and plead his case, but the the dude at the desk is just like. Thank you, next. next. And we meet uh, Mr. Shackelford. Shackelford, Rusty. <laughs> Here you go, Mr. Shackelford. Thank you. They had his check ready. He didn't have to, didn't have to identify himself. <laughs> the fucking mustache. Huge He's black so killer. Oh, my God. But like, That's nice. How, like, the, the clerk's tone changed and, like, how, you know, Rusty was a regular character yeah, and like, they were, like, very friendly. He was <laughs> yeah. like, here you go, Mr. Shackleford. Yeah. Like, they're best buddies. <laughs> so, I mean, Con's off to his new job and he's all dressed to impress. But uh, Hank's like, oh, do you got a job interview or something? Con's like, interview? I already got new job. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right, Con. You know, you almost look good enough to sell propane. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> He's good enough to go work at the photo hut. Is that what it's called? No, that's what it's called in seven or seventy show. Yeah. What's it called here? Kinko's. Kinko's. <laughs> or is it Kinko's? I don't. Know. I mean, Kinko's is staples for us. Yeah, but, it's staples. But, but I think Americans will know it as Kinko's. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, Con <laughs> is his first customer. <clears throat> I want to know what his first two strikes were. Well, see, <laughs> or no, what his first strike was. <laughs> we're going to talk about this. Yeah. I know. We'll be seeing what his second, his unknown, unbeknownst to him, <laughs> second. But uh, yeah, the. Uh, should, should we roll clip on the second strike? Yeah, let's hear his second strike. Hey, man, I'm having a concert this Sunday. Could I put up one of my posters in your window? Get out before I three hole punch your face. <laughs> Dude, oh. Does Chuck Man Jody not sound like Mitch Hedberg at that fucking scene? He did, like, yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> and I'm wondering, there's not like many uh, more uh, appearances of our boy Chuck, oh, is there? Nice to see I him getting, it's him some getting work. some more, some more, and more slim. I think we get to see his face, like like we, you know how we got to see the cardboard cutout. We didn't get to yeah. hear him, but no, like, that was just still the, yeah. illusions. But this him. one's actually him, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, he's trying to promote a show, man. Like, I don't know, I know how that goes. I mean, it's, you know what happened at the last one? I don't think a lot of people are. Well, that's the thing that's interesting because, like, throughout King of the Hill, he's only his only gigs are something to do with the Megalomart, and we could assume this one isn't about Megalomart because it was in tatters just a week ago. Maybe it's the grand reopening coming up soon. Maybe. Maybe. But either way maybe it's the benefit for megalomart <laughs> I mean, for true. Buckley. <laughs> yeah but uh either way we we see the the man mangioni uh walk out and, quite defeated and so the third strike's coming up here there's another customer who needs a hand <laughs> help i'm stuck mayday well 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 how the mighty have fallen Anywho, this is what I'm trying to do. Combine my logo with a personal message. You know how to work paintbrush. Wait, <laughs> first, I need you to swear that what you see here goes no further, given your history of blabbing about every top secret thing that comes your way. 
I love that Dale puts his own petty fucking business where he doesn't earn a living wage on the same scale as government secrets. All his screen says is Dale dead bugs. With and I mean, to be fair, as far as Dale is concerned, the government's secrets should not be secrets. <laughs> but his dead bugs, they need to be secrets. Well, totally. But fuck, does he ever piss Con off? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Con, con blows Just, up. Do you man. know how to work paintbrush? <laughs> <laughs> Control S. <laughs> How does this machine work, Mr. Khan? How do I print? How do I shave? It control S, you morons. It's always control S. <laughs> it is control S or command like, S. Everyone in Klinkos starts turning around, like pulls out of their it's little Klinkos. Klinkos. <laughs> I like Klinkos. Yeah, all right. Plinkos. Plinko. Plinko. Everyone's Plinko. I like Plinko. Either way, uh, Mr. Manager comes strutting over and claims that that's strike three and that Khan is now fired, but Khan believed that's only strike two. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's three strikes, Khan. You're fired. Three? That's only two. I heard what you said to Mr. Mangione. Oh, yeah. <laughs> three hole punches face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that is treason. <laughs> yeah. I can't say that. So the next scene, we're now at the Hill family kitchen at the dinner table, and they're having dinner. And Bobby is now curious because words got out that Khan has lost his second job. Are we recording? Yes. yes. All right. <laughs> Does that mean Connie's broke too? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like, well, if. Why not? Why wouldn't she be? Well, I mean, you know what happens when... Your dad lost his job. (laughs) 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 Okay, that's good. I wasn't prepared for that. I hope we're recording. Yeah, we are. And and Hank's, like, starting his... uh, I think now I'm broke. <laughs> St- Hank's starting his like his plea that it's it's not it's not him. It's a trend with Khan. Like yeah. this is his own doing. Everywhere he goes, he exudes piss poor attitudes. Mm-hmm. But uh, Peggy uh, remarks that. <laughs> Min is going to now teach Bobby Laotian lessons. And I love how she says it, that it's news to everyone, including Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Bobby's pretty stoked on it. (laughs) Well, Hank's okay with it to throw a couple bucks their way. And by a couple bucks, he means means two two. two bucks. And and that's pretty much all we really get out of that scene. Uh, It's a pretty short one. Mm -hmm. And we find ourselves at Bobby's first Laotian lessons and Min is uh, at first it seems like it's a pretty simple I know that I don't remember what it was but the first number yeah, was four yeah <laughs> I think it was it was four consonants uh, no it was uh, tone tone markers oh that's it thank you yeah and 35 <laughs> vowel and vowel clusters <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Connie is like just puttering around the kitchen and she hops into the fridge to grab a drink and she's super excited that her and Bobby are going to have their own secret language that they can speak at school together. No, Connie. I teach him southern dialect. He not the same class. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that is that a thing? Yes, it is. Uh, there's So I, like, actually, like, while I was... I was, uh, it was a long trip to get this arcade machine, so I read <laughs> a lot about uh, 
the Laotian language. And let me actually correct you. It is the official language of Laos is Lao, L-A-O. It is sometimes referred to as Laotian. Um, It is a tonal and analytic language. Although there is no official standard language, the now I am sorry. This whole this from now on, I am going to mispronounce a lot of things. But this the Vientian Vientian dialect became the de facto standard language in the second half of the twentieth century. Um, there are like a lot of dialects of Lao and. Uh, it, they kind of many Laotians act as if they are separate languages. Mm. Um, so the Vientiane Lao is the so Vientiane is I don't know if it's the capital, but it is the largest city in Laos. <clears throat> it's uh, spoken in the provinces of Vientiane, the Vientiane capital prefecture, and Bolikasami, Bolikasamai. Uh, so what? Where? Where? Which one's Bobby learning? The southern. The southern, the dialect. southern, southern Lao, the lower class one. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, those provinces are Champasak, Salavan, Sekong, and Atapu. And and so also in um, Lao, the language is also spoken in Thailand. But in Thailand, they call it. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's called Isan, I I S A N. Um, and so, but also, like, uh, the second language on their, like, their recognized languages mm. is French. So, like, how we have English and French in our cereal boxes, they have Lao and French? Yeah, well, so they have Lao and Hmong and Kamu. Kamu? Kamu? Yeah, there's a lot. And these are all dialects of Lao? No. Oh, different languages. Yes. Hmong wow. and Kamu. And French are different languages. Okay. Those are like, and so Lao, Hmong, Camus, and French are the like four spoken languages. But there is literally up to 90. That's so. Spoken languages in Laos. Could you imagine being a kid (laughs) trying to grow up and just speak to everybody like and not being able to, like that's so many languages to learn. Yeah. I just, I can't fathom it. The French influence comes because in 1893. France wanted to conquer the world. Uh, I don't know. Possibly. Napoleon was all over the place. But there was like, so previously to 1893, the area there was all like just broken up and whatever. And then so in 1893, the the three territories came under a French protectorate and they were united to form what is like by the French. They were united as a like under their protection to form what is now known as Laos. And it briefly gained independence in 1945, but then after the Japanese occupation was recolonized by France, and then it won its autonomy in 1949. I will not get into the politics, but the French influence was like extensive and long. I say influence, it's colonization. Um, (laughs) That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. Besides Thailand, where Laotian is spoken, France has the most Laotian-speaking people. Huh. Yeah. Which and I thought was very interesting. France the country where Paris is. 
They have the most Laotian-speaking <laughs> people, and now that's outside of Laos yeah. and Thailand. Where okay. in Thai, but the reason it's the reason I say it's the second is because Thailand they call it Isan. Like, okay. so now do they call it that because it's an actual different language, or is that just a different name for the same language? So I don't know, but from what I understand, this uh, the Lao language is like the written. Is, oh, okay. is so the scripture like the so largely between all these different dialects, um, the written one is is the same. It's the way that things are pronounced or said, or like the dialect gotcha. is. That's is where different. the vowel clusters come from. Oh yeah, there's like I mean, if you even just go to the page here for it, like there is a lot. Like it's like it has them all charted out here, and they are. Characters that I've never seen before, but there's a lot of them. Like I, I don't think it. so. Like I think I don't know. And, like is it must be quite an ancient language. No, I don't know how long how old it is, okay. but it sounds like it kind of like it evolved and it has evolved into a lot of different dialects. Like and that's probably because you were saying that before the French came and kind of blanketed them all. They were all very separate and and. Distinguish between in, uh, one another. And I would so... almost say once the French came is when it split up. Oh, <clears throat> because I mean bad. I don't know, but that's my guess. And the way colonization goes, they sort of separate that sort of thing, and that is also probably why so many Laotians speak French, is because they were probably all taught that their language sucked. Uh, but there's like, <laughs> there is at least <laughs> there's at least like six major dialects in. Uh, in Laos, and so there's the Valentien, which is from the capital. I think that's probably the de facto uh, official, if that's the word. There's Northern Lao. I mean, just because they say that uh, Bobby's learning the Southern dialect, that I bet, that, like, I mean, I just in my mind, they have to be speaking the Northern. I mean, who knows? I have no idea. Um, we don't know what province they're from, do we? No, we do not. We know that they lived in California for 20 years. <laughs> that's not a province. Uh, but yeah, there's Northern Lao, there's Northeastern Lao, uh, that's also Tai Huan, and uh, Central Lao, and Southern Lao, and Western Lao. Uh, the Valentien Lao, I think, is worth noting that it is the only one that isn't spoken in Thailand. Valentien's day is coming up. Have uh, you got your Valentien lined up? Yeah, Valentien. <laughs> Um, I wonder if this has anything to do with uh, the Valention in Final Fantasy. Is uh, the, oh. the and for those house Val- music fans, Valentino Khan might have. Nobody knows Valentino Khan. Yeah, he's dope. Is that he's got a big handlebar mustache? Super Nusifon? No. Do you think he knows? He might know. Do you think he knows how close he is to Super Nusifon? <laughs> you know what? Honestly, probably not. But I'd love to get an interview with them. I would like to know if, like, the Supanusen Fawn is, like, if they actually, like, did any research to find out if that was, like, a real... They must have done a little, like, primary. I don't know. Looking at, like, what they're talking about, like, vowel clusters and stuff, like, I don't understand how to say this, but it looks like to me, like, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Looks like there's, like, 20 vowel clusters or vowels. I don't know what vowel cluster is. Uh, it looks like there's six tones, at least six lexical tones. Um, 
So they were in the ballpark, but maybe they've added tones since yeah, look, 1999. I think, I, think, I think it's like A-E-I-O-U and sometimes pus on paint. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're systems manager. There's like, there's like seven consonants and uh, or final consonants and like another 30 initial consonants. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think, I don't know any other languages, but languages are neat. They really, they really are. <laughs> I spent a while looking at this. I thought it was really and like once so all the French stuff made a lot of lot more sense after I kind of like read all this and I realized like Laos was colonized by France. Shook it, okay, quack quack. All right. Well, thank you. Honestly, right. thank you. You've put in some hefty research uh, for this episode. I appreciate that uh, extra effort yeah, there. The what was Dances with McDee's doing when you were doing this? Fast asleep. <laughs> fast asleep. Food coma. I, I don't know why I asked. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he was fast asleep. Um, following that, we find ourselves at a very unlikely scene, the Sufanufus Phones garage sale. <laughs> Oh, yard sale. Which again, here we got like we got we got some good uh, callbacks in this one. Mm-hmm. I love this ceramic panda marine radio. How much? It' too much for you. No price is too high. Just name it. Seven hundred dollars sold. I mean eight hundred sold. No, I take this off the market. Delicate equipment, not for redneck. <laughs> <laughs> Dale doesn't got the flow for that. He ain't fluid enough to pay for a seven, no eight hundred dollar ceramic marine radio pan. First of all, we know that's Nancy's money. That's Nancy's <laughs> checkbook. No, did you see the checkbook? No, it's Rusty Shackleford. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's so eager to fucking write a check, and he just like to degrade the soup for Newsome phones that much. To because when Min comes over and she's like, "No, Con, shut up, you're an idiot." We're like, "Gribble, make the check out to me." And he's like, okay, and your name is. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best part. Is that is the decision that Con makes to submit to <laughs> attack his yeah. own. Yard sale. Exactly. I'm assuming Dale does is he collects his government checks as Rusty Shackelford, transfers the money to Dale Gribble or Nancy Gribble, and then has this checkbook, which is completely fraudulent, and he's just going to let that shit I was going to say, I hope he transfers it to Nancy Gribble, who will use it to pay for their (laughs) fucking life, (laughs) and not an $800 ceramic panda. But yes, writing a check at a garage sale is exactly how you fraud somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole scene's so it's funny. Like, it's like garage sales Saturday, Sunday. Banks, you ain't going to a bank until Monday <laughs> at the earliest. You're long gone. Long gone. <laughs> but I do love this because, like, I mean, I would have written an $800 check for that jukebox all day. Well, that's yeah. Because I believe we heard about this jukebox before in, like, an she earlier episode. She blinded me with science. It's when he, when he, when he got his promotion uh, last time, wasn't it? Or you got a bonus? Something like he that. He got some money. And, and bought that when they went to Mexico, Yes, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Bill is, like, browsing the CD jukebox and God's like, hey, Flabbermouth, you break <laughs> it, you buy it. <laughs> yeah. He just shoes Bill out of his garage sale. But he turns, like, bananas, like, right after Dale because he smashes that sweet ceramic panda and he goes, there, nobody can have it. And then he's like, ah, <laughs> now nobody buy it. Happy? Everyone get off my lawn. Off! And stay off! 
All right, turn hose on you. Min, where my hose? <laughs> you went quickly. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I went quickly. I mean, hoses are fucking expensive. Yeah, I go through are. one every year because I always forget to detach it from my house when it gets cold out and then it freezes and expands and gets little holes in it. But we move on in the King of the Hill universe to the next scene. And so we're back in the Hill family kitchen and Peggy and Hank are arguing once again because Hank says that the man sabotaged his own garage sale. And, and of course, Peggy feels sympathy for Khan because he recognizes him to be... Hank, you have to understand. Khan is well aware that he has been reduced to the status of a cafeteria worker. And you, my dear, you put that hairnet on his head. And, like, <laughs> of course Peggy's idea of the lowest status person is a cafeteria worker because well, she works in schools. There's nothing higher than substitute teacher. <laughs> <laughs> She's already at the top. Yeah. <laughs> so a cafeteria worker must be at the bottom of the food chain. But, uh, of course, Bobby comes in because uh, he needs money. Peggy, is it my fault he makes people hate him? I don't whisper in his ear every morning, be a jerk. That comes from within. <laughs> Can I have 15? Mbakgao. Nguyen Bakgao better not mean dollar. Now, I don't know what Mbakgao means. I love Hank's version of it. But I do know what a Laos, quote, dollar is. And? Would you like to know? I want to know. Kip. K-I-P. Nice. Kip. Kip. Uh, it's like, it's like, um, you and know. That's, and that's the plural version, like yen. It's not yens, it's yen. And like, it's not a thousand kip, not a thousand kips. So I don't know. So but Kip, the name of the guy on Futurama, yeah. the Lauren Tom's other actress or character she plays, Amy, that is in love with, is named after the Laotian dollar? I guess so. Wow. wow. Also, um, I think it's, it's fun. Ladies, it's fun, <laughs> the, uh, the, like, the symbol. Is a K with a with like a with a line through the middle of the K. Horizontal? Yes. Nice. Um, and yeah, so that's fun. But also, uh, what did uh, what did Hank say right before that? Hank oh. says it's not his fault, Khan's a jerk. <laughs> oh, that wake up in the morning and whisper in his ear to be a jerk. Whisper in his ear to be a jerk. I just want to like bring this back to uh, what we were spe- what we were talking about deconstructing uh, Harry. Yep. Because that is exact, that line tied it all back, I think. It reminded me again that, like, like just watching that movie and watching this, it's like, yeah, somebody is fucking whispering in this person's ear, just be an asshole. Because <laughs> you're both, like, Con and <clears throat> Woody Allen, you're both just like, fuck you. You're being Stop dicks. being like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, um, Hank is forced into sympathy. He's had enough. He gets up and he's like, that's it. And he marches over to the Sufa Newsom phones and he like opens the sliding door and he finds Min and she's like kind of like hiding her face at first and she turns to face him and she's crying and he's like, oh, uh, where's, uh, where's Con? And she's like, well, Con locked himself in the bathroom. <laughs> Bush out through bathroom door. He locked himself in. Well, nothing wrong with that. You're supposed <laughs> to lock the door. It helps avoid embarrassing mishaps. <laughs> That line never got not funny the more I watched this episode. That reminded me of a Nathan line. Yes, it did. 100%. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you know how many uh, Canadian dollars is a uh, one Laotian kip? Or sorry, do you know how many 
Laotian kip is one Canadian dollar? Uh, 420. A thousand. 7,325. 0.88. Wow. Wow. So, like, a jug of milk is, like, over 20,000 kip? Um, I don't know. I drink lactose-free milk, so that costs about 36,629. Their price tags just yeah. must take up so much room in the <laughs> grocery store. I mean, I, I guess uh, maybe maybe that's why they need a mbakao. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a different denomination. Perhaps. But it's uh, like a shilling. Yes. Yeah, maybe it's like a shilling. Because <laughs> we have shillings in Canada. <laughs> they don't know any different. <laughs> they have no idea. They don't know. We got two bits. <laughs> Min goes on to... Uh, Paint a picture of not a very glamorous background for the Sufanusum phones, where they've been. Well, she says it's not the first time Colin's been fired, and she lists uh, Orange County, Portland, Mississippi for Even Christ's sake. Mississippi, <laughs> and like, and that I was curious. Like, I know she's saying that they lived there in the past, but like, I want to bring back to our very first introduction to Con, and the way that they accuse him of being Chinese or Japanese in his response. So are you Chinese or Japanese? I live in California last 20 years, but uh, first come from Laos. So does that mean Portland job was over 20 years ago? It must be. So well, they, no, it doesn't necessarily... Sorry, continue. Because I know in, later in this episode, she's upset. She's like, no, I'm not moving again. Um, that implies that they've been like kind of moving routinely recently, but like 20 years is a long time. Like that, I feel like... Well, we can... I mean... What, what did it say that Connie, like, you can assume Connie has been the whole time in, uh... She put A-A-Y-S-O in Orange County. Yeah. Yeah, so that so they've been there for a long time. So, then. like, let's picture that Mississippi and Portland are, like, quick pit stops before, before. the big, She's long born. stay in Orange maybe, County. Yeah, maybe not even necessarily. I mean, it sounds like Mississippi was a quick one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Nobody's ever in there long. Uh, <laughs> Shouts out Mississippi. Yeah. I, so, I've been on the Mississippi River. It's, uh... That, that's, a, that's a nice uh, gambling uh, riverboat on yeah. the Mississippi. Can you spell it backwards? No, backwards. I'm just a simple truck driver. Come on now. Okay, go ahead. I think those are the people who know. Either way, Hank completely changes. I think Mississippi's a great place. I probably would love being there. Yeah, it looks good. Runs with Benz, I like this new look of you having the microphone in your hand and yeah. not on the stand. This is good. I actually kind of feel intimidated, like maybe I should stop talking. Thank you. It's, <laughs> this is more comfortable. My neck doesn't hurt because I don't have to lean over as much. You look relaxed. Go ahead. Either way, Hank completely changes his tune once he sees like the, the deep state of despair that Min is in. And he offers to pay for 10 Laotian lessons up front, which would be 150 bucks. As that, he's handing her the money. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Khan comes out of the bathroom and just loses his mind and starts shouting and hollering about their that they ain't no charity. And what is it? My fault? I'm fired? Because <laughs> yeah, Min's like, yeah, we are a charity case because you made us one. <laughs> and he's like, whatever, I'm out of here and storms out of there. And that's the last we see of Khan for a good part of this episode. That's 139,000 Laotian kip. The 10 lessons of Laotian lessons? 15 US dollars. I like this one. We get a bit of a reverse roll here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like it. Um, I kind of feel like I wish that like this was a scene including men. So just maybe just so I could see Nancy's reaction 
to Min's situation because we don't really even get Nan like Nancy's got a great line here, but we it's not to do with men really it's really not it's a more the hypothetical question that poses this great it's response. more to do with red corn yeah, well yeah but <laughs> we we know that nancy's disposition is that she feels there's a tire fire going on over there and she's yeah. kind of pulling that thank god that's not me but, yeah uh, but it would be great i would like i mean i guess all i say is in this is this scene was the three of uh men nancy and and if if like nancy had something stupid to say would I, I would like to see them interact because we don't really get to see a whole lot of Nancy and Mint. Not in this episode. Uh, not in many episodes. The first part of the scene is like, it's pretty funny when like they're watching, when like Connie's trying to go and like play with Joseph and Bobby and Min starts yelling at her and then Joseph asks what that was about. <laughs> what was that about? That was a series of vowel clusters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those lessons are paying off. I love Bobby just gives us like the layman's terms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, like literally, like this entire podcast is a series of vowel clusters. <laughs> it, is. it is, and obviously Nancy is watching. Like, I, I thank God I don't look like that. And then Peggy's like. Again, trying to pull like the 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 guilt card or like the what would you do if that was she, you? She tries to play like pull the card that they're all in the same boat, like completely glazing over John Redcorn and the affair. And Nancy is more than happy to tell her what she would do. Yeah, I mean, if Dale what would takes you do off. if Dale just suddenly left you high and dry like that? Oh, shook. I wouldn't get out of bed for a week. But I think it. I think what it really does is highlights the fact that Nancy is independent. Nancy's the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. Nancy does what she wants. But so whereas, like Peggy, would cannot support her and Bobby on the one or three days a year she goes to substitute. But just to make sure we're on the same page here, like, is she not insinuating that she's spending an entire week in bed with John Redcorn? Yeah, of course. 100%. Okay, of course. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Peggy's insinuating that her life would fall apart the same as Min's did That's because if the if her, if her man left. Dale's Pe a Peggy very small everybody. dependent of Nancy's exactly. life. Exactly. Where <laughs> if Nan well, it, the only thing that Dale is preventing Nancy from doing or the only is is having John Redcord <laughs> fucking have her take a week off of work. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, like, it's a getaway for her. If exactly. Dale off. And she could afford it. The first <laughs> thing is like, oh, I know what I'm doing and I can afford that. <laughs> Whereas like she's also like, like, planning the, on it. like yeah. and a big central theme of this issue too is that like the daily or weekly seasonally duties of the house wouldn't get done like you know the yard would be a mess like Nancy takes care of the garden. Oh, yeah. Like Nancy will hire somebody to take care of what she can't deal with. It's and, Nancy's house. Yeah, she <laughs> she takes care of business. It's Nancy's checkbook. <laughs> Dale pays the cable bill. <laughs> yes. But of course, uh, we see later Hank and Peggy coming home with groceries. And this is where we see Min kind of at her rock bottom. She's trying to take out three bags of trash, which, like. I actually love this. She's really making animation. it apparent to the rest of the neighborhood that she's. Uh, yeah, falling apart. With her, uh, yeah, like <laughs> she drops all these cans onto the Can ground. Can you make a gif of. Of her falling face first into that garbage bag. <laughs> yeah, I love when she starts just like teeing off on the bags. <laughs> yeah, of I mean, like I've done. I that. love her hair. When, like it just gets all. Like, like when I was like ten years old, I've done that shit. Where like I hate something, I punch it. I'm so mad. <laughs> but like uh, obviously, this is causing a scene. And Peggy convinces Hank that, like, you need to go help her. Like, she doesn't have a man to help her. You need to do the neighborly thing, which isn't 
ignoring it and pretending it didn't happen. No, that is the neighborly thing. Well, that's it. You keep your fucking self. Yeah, you mind your own business, but Peggy wants uh, Hank to go get involved. My neighbors fucking suck. Hey, ditto. At least your neighbors aren't that close to you. <laughs> Dude, I and your neighbors live are your next door to you. <laughs> okay, well, that's, I met the neighbors across this fucking road. Anyways. They're fucking crackheads. Much like <laughs> Con, you say the same thing. Need a hand there? Oh, I'm surrounded by trash. Khan used to say that when he looked at neighbors. <laughs> they might not be crackheads. Actually, I'm, I have a they good have authority the, they, they might be, but they're definitely rednecks. <laughs> they have the tendencies of crackheads. It's they like, have tire like a, fires monthly. It's a chop I'm not even there. kidding. No, I, I know. I they hear have them. A, somebody's living in the shop. They have a porta potty and it fucking takes an hour for them to empty it and block traffic for an hour. Shitter was full. <laughs> But anyways, um, Do you know what a tire fire smells like? Yeah, burning tires. Burning <laughs> sucks. Sorry. But, uh, Hank definitely bites off more than he could chew when he offers to help men because it's not just tidying up those garbage bags and putting them in the trash can. He's got to empty the gutters. Gutters uh, are plugged. The lawn grows wild like, like a jungle. jungle. <laughs> well, if there's anything else you need. Refrigerator make terrible noise. It would break any second. Gutters are clogged, bedroom door stuck, lawn go wild like jungle. Come, get your ladder. Come on, Hank Hill. You'll go on roof now. It sounded a little bit desperate. It was almost like uh like she was flirting there. That's what I was picking up. Really? On. Yeah. Oh, I didn't I did Just not that, that, I didn't hear I didn't hear flirt at all. I was getting a little yeah, like I was starting to get like a little bit worried of where this was going. Like I kinda liked that they respected the boundaries, but like it did feel that like she well, was welcoming in. Peggy in. certainly thought the same as yeah, you and I because right? she was it, 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 I heard I just heard desperation and like pity. Cause she says like we're a charity case. I thought that I I went back to that. Do you have the montage of Hank doing those chores? Yo, I love this song. This is what I meant. Does it sound like this? A little bit, yeah. Like the same, uh, like, beat. Yeah, I mean, like a, yeah. Temper hat. It's like I say, like it's good King of the Hill music, and it's fresh. I think it's. I think it's just another good example of some good King of the Hill music. <laughs> so, Hank, I certainly have noticed how helpful you've been to men. Yeah, and I told her I'd seal her driveway tomorrow. But what about drinking in the alley? Yes, exactly. I can't get this time back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Like I, he. He's like the best man ever when it comes to being a husband. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, he's like he started. He's that Mark job. Wahlberg. In what? Every movie, he's the best husband. There's no. never a movie where Mark Wahlberg isn't the best dad, best husband. I don't he's watch the Mark Wahlberg movies. No, okay, like well, watch Besides them. The Departed. He always tries. In every movie, he's the best. He's just like he's like the best husband. Huh. Right. I'll try to keep an eye on that. But, I looked at it like Hank started a job. He has to finish it. And that's like what's keeping him from enjoying his drinking beer in the alley. But that's at this point when Peggy drops that final line where she's like, well, just remember, we don't like them very much. 
where exactly. she was the one that started like, this whole thing. It's her idea, thing. and the, yeah, that 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 kind of like it just annoys me. It just it just annoys me because that is a a a, a tendency in like any person that I just do not like. That it's like you wanted this, and like because you don't like the outcome, like you kind of gotta lay in the bed that you made. Exactly. Because Hank is he's being a nice guy, but we're treated to another great montage of Hank mowing two lawns now. And just good time times. I like it when it slows down when he passes the boys. And it's in tune. Oh, well, yeah, well, Min's feeding him a cookie on one side. He's just mowing the lawn back and, he and gets forth. Lemonade from Peggy. Yeah, and then, and then the pint of beer. The Alamo from Min. And, and then the tool belt with like six yes, Alamos. Yeah. On. I think he's starting to like getting bossed around by women. Mm-hmm. It's like he's got two families. Two families. I think that's unfair when some of us don't even have the one. That scene bothered me a little bit, how it was just so obvious that they took out everything we knew about the logistics of yeah, like Rainy a, Street. Like a, a fence fucking fence? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he, But then he comes out to see the guys. Like he, There is still a fence, and he's going to like mow yeah. back to the other side. See, it didn't bother me <clears throat> only because it was in a montage, and everybody knows that a montage isn't... Like, it's meant to show progress over time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it is just like in, in my, like, I know that like they're responding to more than just like, oh, I know he likes to be bossed around. But like, I mean, fucking Hank would mow everybody's lawn. Yeah, that's if not a that's, that's not a and chore. If they brought yeah. him drinks while he was yeah. doing it. I mean, he'd like, be more than happy. I would. If somebody wants to give me beers, I'll get on my ride mower and fucking go mow your lawn. Like, I'll just do that if you got beers. Yeah. That's my favorite time is when it's spring and I can mow a lawn, put headphones in, and just cruise around with some beers. My it's got a cup holder, especially on a ride on one. Yeah, oh, well, only well, on like, a ride. It's not a chore if the temperature is comfortable. Yes, if you're exactly what you're saying, you got your tunes, your beer. Yeah, that's just a good afternoon. It's just a great time. Yeah, yeah. once I it, mean it, 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 I, I got a, I got a, I got a couple blades of grass out there. <laughs> my, I, I try and chop it up. You know, you can do. You can do a, a quarter of it one day. Turtle speed, rabbit speed. Yeah, mm. well, you got to get it good. And then, yeah, you got to go get the edges, but that part sucks. <laughs> Bill? Hank? Dale? Hank? Boomhauer? Nine. Polygamist! Duh! <laughs> 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 There's that part of flight from Dale where we get another flight decision. Of course. And he scurries over that fence pretty quickly. Oh, he's, he's getting gone. better at it. All Hank has to do is stop the mower and put it in reverse, and Dale is gone. gone. And, uh, of course, uh, that kind of leads us to the, the the near resolution of Hank helping men where he's doing the last task, which is the refrigerator that's been making an awful noise, going to break in at any second. But now he's starting to get sick of it. Well, it's been cutting into his... Men, I think what you need is a new compressor cable right here, preferably a copper one. Saul, how would I get that part? From the hardware store. That kind of far away, right? Yeah. (sighs) I'll pick one up for you. I was going to head over there myself. 
Just for fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny because, like, I mean, what were the other chores he did for men? Was fixing the door. The, he sanded the oh, door yes, so it didn't Oh, yes, he did, stick. yeah. Okay. The gutters. The gutters. But the gutters, I wanted to point out also. Remember when uh, Husky Bobby, Bill and Dale, or Bill and Boomhauer were happy to do the gutters? Oh, that was the, uh, the son that got away. Was it something that wasn't Husky Bobby? No, it was the son that got away because ever that was Con and or Bobby's punishment mm. for whatever he had done, and then they go off to the oh, caves. That's the Pass on yeah, Paid yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's when we learn about Pass on Paid. I was like, thinking the one where um, when he's paying Bill to do yeah. the uh, yard work for him. What does he do? He, he rakes the leaves for him. Oh, okay, but I thought he did the gutters, Bobby. but okay. But either way, it goes back to them being like, okay, doing the gutters is a fun thing. Like, that's cool. <laughs> you call it punishment. We call it punishment. Exactly. And then the and then what's the other one? Mowing the lawn. We know they love mowing they the lawn. They love mowing the lawn. So that's what he f- that was. Con's punishment for Connie is that he... He's, I'm putting fear of God into Con Jr. She learned what it like to be you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's like, that's yeah, not yeah, a... Yeah, because that's when he falls off the roof. He's like, that's not a chore. Yeah. He's like, that's a privilege. Uh, parents suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, when... Uh, and so now... Now Min's asking him to go to the hardware store for a reason. Yeah. And so on his way to the hardware stores, or maybe on his way back, um, he drives by Lulie's, and he's, his interest is piqued by I a, love the shout-out to Lulie's. Yeah. I was just going to say, the last time we saw Lulie's was in Luann Saga, also a Paul Lieberstein written episode. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Good call. His dog's name is Lulie. <laughs> <laughs> or at least was. Maybe. No, Lulie's is a legitimate diner, and it's like a Denny's. Remember, in Texas. is that where the steak challenges? Our friend messaged no, us and it, remember, yeah. showed us about the Luan oh, yeah, you're right. platter. There's you're the right. Luan platter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was his name? Uh, Jesse Benavides. Yeah, shouts out Jesse. Jesse's yeah. the he's the Eva friend. Oh, dude, I want to say, man, I know how you're feeling right now, and I also can't wait to watch the rebuild of Evangelion. <laughs> yeah, that's him, right? The pool guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was the one that showed us the Eva. Yeah, Neo Geo yeah. Evangelion. He heard you. Me and Dustin were just ignoring. You. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. oh, it got delayed again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again. So, moving on. It was supposed to be out today. No Never mind the Bullocks. Yeah. No. This is King Kong. Okay, we've been waiting since like 2007. So he sees the license plate King Kong, and it is parked outside Luli's, attached to a very large van. And uh, is that a like a Volkswagen? What what does he drive? It looks uh, it looks just like a big Astro van. I think it would be like. Oh, a, I it thought would, it was like the front where they sit on the engine. I think it would be like a Delica or something. That thing's huge. Yeah, it was big. But anyways, Hanks is like, what the what what's this? And so he goes inside and he scans the tables and he doesn't see Khan. So he heads over to the restroom. Uh, as you would. Where Khan's shirtless. Yeah. yeah. Where should Khan's living? <laughs> Where the hell have you been? Looking for a new wife since you buy mine. Since you buy mine. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's when the, uh, the other patron who's just eating <laughs> Lulis comes in and goes to the first stall. Not in there! I got shirts soaking in Woolite. <laughs> so, Woolite is an American brand of laundry detergent. And their slogan is, no fading, no streaking. 
And it's meant to go in the toilet bowl? No, it's meant to go in the goddamn washing machine, but so like, best he's got. I mean, you could go upper deck and just flush a lot. I mean, yeah, that's the only spin cycle he's really got. Yeah, that's a spin cycle for sure. Uh, I like, like Hank in the scene where he finally levels with Con. He's like, Con, be a fucking man. Like, go home to your wife and kid. Like, I shouldn't be dealing with this. And it's then, a really good end, I yeah, think. Or a good Hank. He... he Con tries to, like, spin it on him. He goes, I'm Asian. Like, I can't fail. Like, I can't go home as a failure. Like, I have to go home with a new job, and it's, like... Yeah, a job that makes you cry every day. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, then there's this kind of one scene, like, this is, like, you know how every episode, like, there's kind of... It boils down to a few things that progress story forward. I think this line is one that progressed it forward for me. Well, what about Min and Connie? You my best friend. You take care of them. I'm your best friend? No, I take it back. Nobody <laughs> takes care of them. Time's hard, but men's a fighter. They be okay. It's that first bit, like, where Khan, like, admits that they're friends. Mm-hmm. He admits that he doesn't have any friends and that Hank's, like, the most friendly, I guess, in the neighborhood with him. And, like, as soon as Hank, Hank's response is less than favorable, he takes it back. <laughs> yeah, and then he starts to go right back attacking him. Why you keep watching me, you pervert? Somebody get the manager! <laughs> I do think that, too, like, just even, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not Asian, but, like, just, like, even just feeling as, like, an outsider in, like, I mean, Mississippi. Redneck City. Portland. Yeah, Redneck City. Orange and just, like, and just feeling always, like, the outsider who has to, do like, he feels better than who he's surrounded by. I mean, like, it is a shitty sentiment to feel like I need to be better than people I'm, like, than the people I live with, because, like, you're always going to be that outsider. And I think that also comes back to the Deconstructing Harry movie, where it's like, Woody Allen plays this character where he writes his stories so much where he feels as if he is just, like, like I'm the best. Like, I'm better than you. Like, and it's like, I don't know, it's like, it, it, I, I think I understood that bit there. And it, it's written in such a way that, like, it's not hitting you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. Where it's kind of funny, where it's like... Oh, I'm Asian. I'm supposed to be like so smart. Where like that is the stereotype that rednecks put on like Asian people. Like, oh, they're good at math. Like, oh, blah blah blah. Like, so it's like, so it does kind of have like it. I think it has a much deeper like mm-hmm. where like it is just that outsider who is outside and and doesn't fit in and they kind of mistake that as like oh I'm better than them cuz I don't actually want to be like them cuz mm-hmm. I'm different but my difference is like they make fun of it so I feel like I need to be better than them and so like it's just like a twisted it's a perfect twisted little aspect view of this uh, no, of what, these characters I think. I I see what you're saying that that makes that makes total sense yeah yeah that's good um, but of course this a con is con con yeah. is con. And I mean, uh, this episode does have to kind of wind towards a resolution and, and the, this, the start of the final scene, we see Bobby and he's struggling with his Laotian lessons, trying to say ningao. And they're, they're, <laughs> they're doing exactly what every teacher should do when somebody's doing something wrong. Noi. Noi. 
No. Noi. Noi. <laughs> no. Noi. Bobby, dinner's ready. Laugh at him when he's doing it wrong and pronounce it the exact same yeah. way with no feedback. <laughs> exactly. It's like Hank rolls in with that bucket of chicken. He's like, Oh my God. He's like, Bobby, uh, Bobby, dinner's ready. And he goes, Oh, by mistake, I picked up an extra bucket of chicken, and Bobby delivers just another classic line. My favorite. This has to be the best of the episode. Oh, uh, by the way, I accidentally picked up an extra bucket of chicken on the way home, if you guys are interested. How do you know it's extra yet? <laughs> I loved how the, the bucket of chicken was the same one from the archaeology yeah. episode. Yeah, where yeah I, I noticed. Um, also, I want to mention that this line is when I realized that uh, Dances with McDoubles was actually awake because he <laughs> laughed. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I feel ya. <laughs> so, so just like the despair in Bobby's voice and like, the plea to his father. Yeah. It's like, I might want more chicken. <laughs> and I will, I will, I will, I will say that this is a quote from Dances with McDoubles was like, I mean, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like her yeah, math. But, um, no, yeah, it made me excited. There's a new chicken uh, shack opening in my oh, neighborhood. we can't wait. Mary Brown's is Mary coming to town. Browns. Mary Brown's let me down. We, is that an American thing? Is that a, it a, must be. It's a Canadian, apparently just an Eastern Canadian Seriously? thing. That's what I've been told. They don't have it in any, I haven't even eaten it. I don't know if it's in I'm not sure, but B.A. Johnson said the fries, no good. No Wedges, good. very good. Yeah. And we listen to B.A.'s advice. He gives good advice. He does. Why don't you take a listen? Where my wedges, Mary Browns, don't want your fries. You let me down without the gravy. I can't choke them down, Mary Browns. Let me down, Mary Browns. Let me down. Gotta be fed to drive through. My order's not true. Gotta be fed to drive through. My order's not true. Gotta be fed to drive through. Drive through. Gotta be fed to drive through. I sent that picture to my mom and sister in our group chat, and then I attached the drive through beef the video, and my beef. mom was like, thanks for that. Can't wait to, for the wedges. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Fuck you, Timmy's, I gotta be. Shouts out. Happy birthday, B.A. Happy birthday to our good friend, B.A. Johnson. But the scene's not over. The episode's not over. Yeah. Um, right after the chicken is talked about, Con comes flying into the driveway. And uh, there's a series of vowel clusters that makes sense. <laughs> 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 and, uh, That's true. So we pack up quickly. Job in Houston. Oh, no. I'm not moving again. People here grudgingly accept us. That's that. where. It's three-hour drive. Not negotiable. You commute. <laughs> so Khan shows up, and of course, Min is furious with him, but he's got a new job where he makes 20k more a year. So she instantly forgives him, and he's gonna have to sleep on the couch for probably a night. Now, yeah. is that 20k more than he used to, or 20k more than Dale no. makes? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping it's more than he used to. Con's flush because him and Hank have another one of their interactions where we start to really see them grow as, like, not just neighbors who dislike each other, but neighbors who dislike each other, but are also kind of, like, sneaky friends. Well, Hank's happy to give him the 
Well, I think like Hank's starting to enjoy these back and forth because at first Colin's like, maybe I'll buy your house and use it for storage for my old things. And Hank's like originally mad and then his like his his facial expression changes and he's like, that's a good one, Colin. <laughs> I, like, I think they I, start to get each other at that point. Yeah. Uh, my dad has a yeah. Buick Wildcat. <laughs> 1967. Well, set the scene first. Khan's bragging about his new oh, yeah, company yes. car. Why don't you set the scene? Well, his new company car, this one's silver, and it's a, such a weird thing because his new company car is towing his minivan. <laughs> yeah, I thought that oh, was Oh, is that up. what it was? Yeah, yeah. I had to watch it. Like, I, oh, I, I didn't, real, I didn't I don't realize get that. Where that. I, don't get I how went that back and I was just, and it looks well, like. Well, then he's a tow truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> he's a tow truck driver. He's a fucking damn good one because that van's like <laughs> twice the size of the car. I but, don't know how it got lifted up. Yo, yeah, exactly. I didn't actually. I. I, I honestly I watched this episode three times today and I was like that I was like every time I was just like what the fuck is this car being towed for? It made it look I didn't like, realize that that was his new car. I just thought like he maybe said, Oh, I have a new car, like blah blah blah. Like yeah, it, it I kind of thought he was bullshitting, like it made it look like one of those things, like those apparatuses that like people have behind like big RVs where they tow like a fucking like their little Yep. I know you're whatever about. view like because it was a very simple thing, but Either way, he starts listing off the stats of his new company car. It's turbocharged. Mm-hmm. 60 halogen lights. Halogen lights. Oh, yes, fuck halogen lights. Which are so annoying if now. If you have those, just fucking turn them, turn them off. off. And also, easy on the high beams, people. Those you know are halogen. Selfish high beams yeah. are. Because you can't see. you got to blind everyone else. Those are just halogens. Fuck they blind it. you. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the final um, line. Final line is the, the six CD player. And Hank goes back into the beginning of the episode where he just starts belittling everything. And I love Khan it, has. yeah, because Khan's got the six disc changer in the trunk. Turbo what? engine, halogen light, six CD changer in trunk. In the trunk? <laughs> well, if you need a hand installing it in your dash, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> it's a fair point. It was so fair. Like, so. What I was thinking you were going to say. Which I had it on my mind as well. Is that my dad had has like a 1967 Buick Wildcat. And I don't know if this is a thing elsewhere. That's the convertible, right? That's the convertible, yeah. Pearl uh, white and big, big as a boat. It is a yeah. boat. It is a Red full. leather interior. I've seen it from a distance and I thought it was a BC ferry. <laughs> yeah. <in> the, <laughs> the, the car's got four-wheel drum brakes. And it weighs <laughs> as much as a BC ferry. <laughs> it is like, it, it, my dad said, like, yeah, the fucking, what is it, the... The, the gas tank, the gas meter goes down faster than the than the miles per hour goes up. It's the queen of Dean Road. Yeah. It's actually here in the, it's in the yeah, garage here. Garage. Um, but, but it has a six CD tra- changer in the trunk. And the reason for that is because if, um, I don't know if this is elsewhere in, if they have this shit in the States, but like we have like collector plates on our cars here where, if it's over X amount of years and it's a good, quote unquote, good uh, depiction of that model, it has meaning be, it has to be stock. So much original, right? Yeah. So you can update things like if it doesn't have seatbelts, you can put seatbelts in. If it has four wheel drum brakes, you can install <laughs> disc brakes. But, you know, who doesn't like stopping 30 kilometers before you get light? Because there's a serious benefit to having those collector pates because they're. Oh god, cheap. it costs fuck all. Yeah, it costs fuck sure. all. It costs like a couple hundred bucks a year, and you were supposed to do it because you're supposed to do it for like your cool cars that you you're not allowed to drive them to work or school. And it's you have to have another craft. vehicle insured. And you have to have another vehicle insured the whole time. 
Um, but yeah, it literally is like a couple hundred bucks a year to insure. Um, and it's, uh, anyway, so, but it has, you can't, you can't install a new stereo because I don't know what it's like in America, but it's like a couple hundred bucks a month for insurance around here. Yeah, no, our, well, we also live in BC, which is like, even in Canada is a fucking nightmare. Highest in like the world. It is, it is the worst. Our insurance is a fucking night. Yeah. I got a safe driving record, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. I've got 12 years of safe driving. I mean, it only means, it only counts up to 10. Yeah. 12 don't mean shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, it sucks. Uh, anyway, so the six CD changer in the trunk fucking sucks. But it has to go there so it stays stock and you get the collector plate. Exactly, yeah. It's not worth fucking $1,500 a month. No, but it does <laughs> look like a movie star trunk. It's supposed to be in trunk. It plays CDs in trunk. Why? Who's going to want to ride in the trunk? You wish you could ride in my trunk. My trunk's so plush, it like movie star trunk. Well, you got me there, Con. My trunk is not like a movie star trunk. It's just a family man trunk. And He's got you there. Right after that, we get the final line of the episode, which is a nice resolution. It's a shame we're the only people that heard it, where Con kind of quietly under his breath mutters, Thank you, Hank. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Hank. And with the final scene of the episode... It brings us to our final thoughts. Just a little bit more upbeat than we're probably ready for. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Miles, get us out of this situation. Miles. <laughs> Miles is having a senior moment. I'm having testicular difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Miles, what are your final thoughts on this episode of King of the Hill? Well, I have no complaints with this episode, but it also doesn't really stick out to me as one of the best. It was kind of an in-betweener episode. There's a definite reason why I don't think I didn't remember it that well. Um, it's... It's fine. It's funny. It made me laugh, but I don't know. There wasn't a ton to it. Um, it kind of made Khan unlikable, even though I believe Toby Huss does such a good job voicing him that I really, really like that character because of how like what he puts into it. But it was fine. I like that it builds on Hank and Khan's relationship, and we get kind of a look behind the mirror with the Sufanusen phones are more bow and I know that like moving forward they become more prominent characters and there's more con episodes and like like I said I have no complaints but it just wasn't one of my favorites but still a very good episode I'm gonna go last sure so I'm gonna agree with you this episode felt like a rerun I've never seen it before but it just felt like the kind of episode that would be on TV multiple times um, and not really stick out. It would just be one of those regular episodes. But that being said, it still held a good structure. It told a good story that involved everybody, minus Luann. Minus Luann. And minus Luann. we <laughs> we enjoyed a lot of scenes in it. And I will be honest that, like, we had mentioned it previously, but this episode did a good job of calling back to previous episodes. And it kind of gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling of, like, this is a cohesive universe that... 
the creators making the show care about. And the and like yes, we've noticed that like a trend with writers when they come back to write another episode, they will make callbacks, but even though there's individual writers writing individual episodes making callbacks to their own episodes, it adds to the overall cohesion of everything and like just that Doyle Harkavy or Harkavy that like that made me feel really good. Like I, that was the, one of the things that excited me the most mm-hmm. about that, this. That's episode. the one. It, it's like a, it feels like a payoff. Yeah, for being that invested, for in being the show. aware for, yeah. who that <laughs> is, for recognizing for that name and being like, that's not a real person. That's yeah. an inside, like joke. And I get the joke because he makes those. We never even heard that guy speak. No, no, we just know. Just we just know who he is. His yeah. musings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like, that's the kind of thing that like makes me feel good for watching. And so, for that reason, I will give this episode sixty-three degrees Fahrenheit body temperature and thirty-five vowel and vowel clusters. <laughs> nice. nice. I love this episode. I I I don't know like. I, like, honestly, we haven't done a whole lot of these episodes lately. Um, don't know if you've noticed, but uh, <laughs> I really, really like this episode. Like, I, so I couldn't tell you if it's my favorite or not. But maybe because I do feel like it focused on a side character that it 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 sort of invites the opinions of everything else. I just – I really like that it, it – it goes it goes really deep into our into the super nuisance who have been absent for a while because mm-hmm. <gasps> I remember our last episode I believe in our final thoughts that was one family or characters that were mentioned that were like we could have really used the super exactly. in the soccer football episode yeah. exactly yeah because yeah no I would have all we got was men but I bet you Connie would have kicked ass. Oh, well, you've been quarterback. She was in the awesome youth. You don't just join the AYSL <laughs> yeah, if you aren't awesome. Um, but no, I straight up, like I thought, like you were saying, like this episode is just well written. It is well acted. It is, it is, it's just well executed. I, I really enjoyed this episode. Every time I watched it a bit, I watched, I liked it a bit more. Also, it, it it helped that maybe I watched the episode, then I watched that movie, yeah. then I watched the episode again, and then I watched the episode and you again. Tie up some, some and, strings. And and it, it just like every time I watched the episode, things just became more interesting, and like I kind of like got more into it, and like I really read deeper. Yeah, like I read deeper. I felt more for this episode. I really liked this one. I thought it was like, I it got better the more I watched it. Nice. I thought. It's a good note to uh, to leave it on. I hope everybody it, listening at home liked it the same. It also makes me really excited for the next one because it is called The Wedding of Bobby Hill. And I am I have a feeling that this one stars a favorite character of mine. <laughs> or features a favorite character of mine. All who right, we, all right, all right. Who we haven't uh no, that actually, yes, I knew that. But um one of my like it does, we haven't seen Luann in a long time. Yeah, I know. We haven't seen <laughs> Luann in a minute. You know what would be great if we could get a little pond on this episode because I heard from a little butterfly that he really likes this next one. Yeah, but he's also <laughs> he's, It is one of his favorites. He's uh he's unfortunately he he can't make it. I no, think I he's, know. he's got a plan. He's just about finished his second year of hairdressing school, and we're all really proud of him, and he's just about to finish. Yeah. He's also quarantined on the faraway land that is 
which is only accessible the if there's arcade games available. <laughs> so to me, it sounds like this episode has been wrapped up neat and tidy with a little bow, and we should finish this one off with one final round table. Wimatanya! Sur mon lit à bouffer sa langue en buvant Prends mon whisky quant à moi Peu dormi, vie débris Mais j'ai dû dormir dans la gouttière Où j'ai eu un flash En quatre couleurs Allez hop, un matin Une louloute est venue chez moi Poupée de cellophane, cheveux chinois Un sparadrap, une gueule de bois A bu ma bière dans un grand verre En caoutchouc Comme un alien dans son igloo Want to hear more Order of the Straight Arrow? Join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod or follow us on Instagram at Utsakothpod or look for us on Facebook at Order of the Straight Arrow, a King of the Hill podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at Utsakothpod at gmail.com. Please, no hate mail. Hey, what you crying for, boy? It's a good show. This is a damn good show. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us.